0: Well, freaks. Uncle Marnie just fudged up. Luckily, the audio from the rip with Matt is still downloading, so hopefully we get this out as soon as we would have. Wise, we would have otherwise. Excuse me. I just recorded the whole pre-show ad rip, not realizing that my n- mic was not hooked up to Audition. It was going straight into my laptop. I listened to it at the end. I was like, this doesn't seem loud enough. This doesn't seem like people can hear it. It sounds like I'm speaking from four feet away and that's because I was. I was speaking into my laptop when I should have been speaking into my mic. You don't care about this. There's no difference to you. It's just me. I just had to do like a ten minute pre-roll rip and now I gotta do it again. Hopefully it won't be ten minutes. But... I think you guys are going to enjoy this rip regardless, even if your Uncle Marty is suffering right now after going through a long-winded ad read. And that he has to do again. This rip is brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App, some of you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats, if you so please. We're saying sats, 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 sats. Sats because sats are the standard. There's 100 million sats in one whole Bitcoin. You don't have to stack a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to stack a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead, and Cash App makes it extremely easy. You can DCA. That's dollar cost average. That means buy a set amount on a set schedule using the Cash App. They allow you to buy daily, weekly, bi-weekly. You can buy as little as $1 on the Cash App. Buy as much as you want as well. Be wary of the uh, the withdrawal limits and pay attention to those, especially during price volatility times. Cash App uh is also offering account numbers and routing numbers it could be your bank account you can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app what else can you do you get their boost program you get your boost card which I love I use it everywhere uh you can personalize it and then you can go use it wherever Visa is accepted they have their boost program with partner merchants and sometimes they have their Sats back boost where if you initiate it and you go shop at a partner merchant or take uh, advantage of a certain deal at a coffee shop or a supermarket, you're going to get some cash back that you can then turn into sats. And again, sometimes you get sats back. If you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet, make sure you do so using the code STACKINGSATS. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owl's Lacrosse. That's Owl's Lacrosse. What's up, son? You liking your milk? You liking your milk tonight? It's almost bedtime. Yeah. Uncle Matt and I had a a late trip, and that is why I'm still out here recording ads. And honey, I'm sorry. I had to re-record the ads because I wasn't speaking into the mic, and I was speaking into my laptop. Seriously, I'm recording them right now. This trip was also brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to bring Bitcoiners products that leverage Bitcoin's native properties, particularly their native multi-sig properties. And this is, (coughs) excuse me, materializes in their Volt product, and they have a special Concierge offer for you freaks. They're going to take you from zero to a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a multi sig vault in no time. All right. The way it works is first you tell them TFTC sent you. You say, Hey, Uncle Marty, Uncle Matt sent us to, to open up this vault to this concierge service, this white glove concierge service. They told me they're going to wipe your ass. But I also told, they also told me that if you, we I told you that TFTC sent me, I'm going to get $50 off. So know that. And the way it works, uh, this concierge service, Phil Geiger and crew, everybody at Unchained, they're going to basically have multiple video conferences with you to get you comfortable with the concept of multi-sig in general and then the vault product specifically. Uh, they're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to walk you through the process. They're going to make sure that you're comfortable. And when you are comfortable setting up a multi-sig wallet, they're going to uh, basically set up a two or three multi-sig where you hold two keys. So that ensures that you can always move your UTXOs out of the vault Unchained will hold that third key if you're ever in a pinch and you need them to be the two in the second in the two or three multi sig, they are there for you. Uh, and once you're comfortable with that, once you have it set up, again, you're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into that vault. So you're going to get video conference, you're going to get uh, educational multi sig, you're going to get hardware wallets, you're going to make sure that you have those hardware wallets backed up securely, you're going to make sure you have your derivation pass backed up securely as well, and then you're going to get a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats. In to your vault so go check it out in the show notes we're gonna have a specific link uh, but i recommend you go check out unchained-capital.com and check out everything they have to offer there particularly their blog which has an immense amount of information uh, drew bonsall parker lewis phil geiger buck burley joe kelly and crew are writing incredible content uh, about bitcoin parker's blog series gradually then suddenly particularly is an incredible orange pill that i send to any friends like, yeah, i get new bitcoin information like how do i learn i'm like here parker lewis is gradually then suddenly so go check it out again we're going to link in the show notes to the concierge service spe- specifically but if you want to check out everything they have to offer again that's unchained-capital.com this rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Huddle Huddle. Huddle Huddle is also leveraging native bitcoin's native multi-sig properties to bring you freaks uh, a lending platform, lend.hodl.hodl.com, and guess what, freaks, United States freaks, uh, this offer is available to you. One of the few products that you can leverage from Hodl Hodl uh, because it's non-custodial. How does Hodl Hodl work? It is a two or three multi-sig escrow where if you need a liquidity, you put your Bitcoin in a multi-sig wallet uh, as collateral, and then you get stable coins as liquidity that you can go spend however you see fit. All right, and the beauty of this again, leveraging Bitcoin's native multisig properties. You hold one key, your counterparty holds one key. Huddle Huddle holds that third key. The beauty of this is again, you you don't have control over the duration of your loan. You can't move your Sats out of the multisig escrow account. However, you have visibility into that account. You can ensure that your coins are not being rehypothecated. Your Bitcoins, your UTXOs. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be funny to you freaks if you're listening to this and you listen to this episode. Um, so as long as you're paying that back, uh, you are going to get your SATs back at the end of the day. If you have stable coins laying around, and you want to get some yield on those. you can enter the other side of this transaction, put your uh, stable coins up to be lent out for a, a uh, interest rate of your choosing. Uh, uh, you lend that out. The person using Bitcoin as collateral to take those stable coins going to pay you back what you lent them plus interest. If not, you're going to get the SATs in the escrow account. So, go check it out at len.hodlhodl.com. That's l e n com. Son, son, why are you screaming? <coughs> I know, I love you too, son. I love you too. It's RIP, last but not least, it was brought to you by our good friends at Brains. All right, Brains, uh, they're the team behind Slush Pool, they're the team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, which allows you to stack more sats with your hash. All right, but we're here to t- focus on couple things. The Brains team tells me that Slush Pool, uh, the update is planned for July. That's this month. We're July 8th. They got 23 days. Keep them to it, freaks. Keep the pressure on them. Just kidding. Just kidding. You don't want to pressure them. You, you want to make sure that the pool is rolled out as uh, securely and uh, as efficiently as possible. They're triple-checking, quadruple-checking everything in simulations to make sure it's silky smooth. It's a silky smooth transition when the update goes live. Meanwhile, in the latest Brains OS Plus firmware Update includes full support for the AmpMiner S17E and T17E as well. Some significant improvements to the auto-tuning functions uh, for all X17 devices. Uh, and it's available now on Brains. That's B-R-A-I-I. Double I, B R A I I N S dot com slash O S slash plus. Brains OS plus is compatible with any mining pool. There's a lot of misconceptions out there, there's a lot of misinformation. People think if you use Brains OS plus, you have to point at Slush pool. This is not true. You can point at any mining pool that you want to. You don't need to mine with Slush pool to use the firmware. But if you do mine with Slush pool, you're going to get 0% pool fees. So take that in consideration. They're incentivizing you to point your hash at slush pool but you don't have to if you don't want to you're going to get again zero percent pool fees if you're using brains os plus and pointing at slush pool since network hash rate is one at one year lows due to the china crackdown now is a great time for miners to juice up their asics with auto tuning firmware and stack even more sats with that hash for those that don't know how it works it mostly comes down to the silicon on the hashing chips there are small variations in the silicon quality for every chip in an asic Typically, stock firmwares that come with the machines treat the entire device as a uniform unit, sending the same frequencies and voltages through the hash boards. BrainsOS Plus boosts performance by experimenting with different frequencies and voltages on each individual chip to learn which chips are higher quality than others. Then it calibrates to send more work to the higher quality chips and less work to the lower quality ones. The end result of the per-chip tuning is more hash, thus more sets per watt of power consumed currently supported devices are the amp Minor s9 s9i s9j as well as the s17 s17 plus s17 pro t17 t17 plus and the ones just added the s17e and t17e t17e excuse me next up are the what's Miners. of course i'll believe it when i see it edward <coughs> Austin's begging for that firmware, along with the S19s from BitName. Stay tuned, TM, for more updates on the firmware and slash pool, and check out Insights. That's I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com, for content, stats, charts, and mining profitability tools to stay up on top of everything happening in the mining industry. I highly recommend going to uh, check out the the episode I recently recorded with Edward Evenson, even though I'm mad at him and whipping him through the mic right now. We had a lovely conversation about the Chinese mining migration that's underway right now and then the implications on the mining industry hash rate the bitcoin network the global distribution of hash rate and a bunch of other things go check it out enjoy this rhr
1: you've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free if you talk about a fed just gone nuts all all the central banks going nuts So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. be. be.
0: Matt, this meeting is being recorded. What is up, freaks? that are listening via podcasting apps right now we haven't gone live yet so we're talking to you alone you're getting some you're getting some very very rare content here before this is the we, alpha this is the alpha let's give them some quick alpha before we go live what can we give them at what can we give them seriously what we need to give them some alpha here's some alpha uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that alpha use your own node that's some good alpha. Use your use your own node. That's the alpha we're gonna provide you. Maybe. Maybe we'll we'll get some more throughout the episode uh, for the live live stream freaks as well. And here we go. We're going live. Boom. We are live. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap specifically. Woo! Maddie. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. Maddie just told me something that's got me all, all frazzled. We can't talk about it right now, but a, l- a little bit frazzled. How are you? What are you sipping on?
1: Didn't mean to frazzle you uh, ahead of time. You, you got the nooners all over the place.
0: Big nooners guy these days. Big nooners it's guy. It's
1: hard to find them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Jersey Shore baby. We're we're sucking up all the supply.
1: I got the same thing as last time. I got my Montauk summer ale. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: What is it? Thursday. July 8th, 2021. We're creeping in the summer. It's July already. I mean, we said this last week on July 1st. Um, but yeah, there's... I don't want to say it was a quiet week, but we've got we've got a nice list here to talk about. We, we'll lead with a... Corre- not a correction, but a, a clarification of a topic we talked about last week.
1: It was a pretty quiet week.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, uh, Bitcoin tangential topics to to talk about uh, particularly the fed inflation how they're posturing and how the media is trying to sigh out people out that we will get to that as well
1: yeah you noticed marty last week we were commending each other patting ourselves on the back about uh, how we've been better about using twitter less and yeah you seem seem to have jinxed yourself this week well
0: yeah we can get into that too yeah marty had a uncle marty had a uh like a, a what I have this week? I just felt very compelled to push back against a lot of things this week, as you may have been able to tell if you uh, you saw my Twitter feed. Uh, we'll be talking with Michael Saylor next Tuesday night about the Bitcoin Mining Council. Um,
1: oh, and, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, so that, be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's scheduled for next Tuesday night, we'll probably drop it. Wednesday morning, um, but yeah, we're, we're gonna have a discussion. Is the Bitcoin mining council coercive? Is it beneficial? Is it necessary? Um, we're gonna hash it all out, pun intended. Looking at Clark's dashboard, the current price of Bitcoin is $32,770. That's gonna get you uh, $1, one cuck buck, is gonna get you 3,052 sats. We're currently sitting at a $614.5 billion market cap uh still in this consolidation phase would you say this consolidation low end of the uh the consolidation band that we've been in for what seems like forever now great stacking opportunity Hope yeah i
1: mean it's obviously it's obviously a consolidation phase right
0: yeah yeah and
1: then right after this consolidation phase we either go two ways we either go up or down yeah either way it's fun violently either way Usually it's, it's violent
0: yeah yeah so we're either going to a uh, 100k or 20 um, 20k by conference day. Big block Boom, uh, August 26th, 27th.
1: Dude, I'm pumped for Bitblock Boom.
0: I am as well. Gary keeps extending the the event. I feel like I'm gonna have to get to Dallas like on Sunday, the week before, um, just to just to participate in all
1: of it. I love it. Love to see it. One of the best events of the year. The best event in America.
0: I, I would co-sign that. Co-signed. Uh, we're currently at block height 690,187. 18,751,079 Bitcoin have been distributed to the market. That is a perfect uh, even number there. Nothing in the decimal point. That's 89.29% of every Bitcoin that will ever be distributed to the market, which is just a little bit less than 21 million. If you freaks don't know that, um, we will never actually get to 21 million. It'll be like uh, an eighth of a percentage point. not a percentage it'll be like eight decimal points to the right like one of whatever that number is less
1: than 21 billion yeah minus all the lost coins as well
0: yeah well they were still produced they're just lost still do you
1: see that guy with the garbage dump is at it again
0: no no (laughs) Is he, like, at a dump looking for his... uh, No, it's
1: the famous guy that he's been... Oh. The first time the the story was posted. Well, the first time... He was a casher. I think he turned into a casher. The first time it was reported, he had, like, 6 million pounds in the dump. He was, like, accidentally threw out my hard drive, and now it's, like, 250 million. So he keeps increasing his... you know, like the amount of money he'll spend to try and recover the hard drive in this garbage dump from like 10 years ago.
0: Well, just make it easy on yourself and use uh, Sats or Bitcoin as your unit of account. And you'll, that'll stay static
1: throughout, well, I like, throughout all history. I like the idea that it's just all a, an elaborate voting accident, voting well, accident. And he like just got caught up in the lie and just has to keep going with it because everyone's like, people are like probably, investors are probably calling up. They're like, I'm willing to invest to try and recover your keys if we can make some money off of this.
0: Yeah. Which leads me to another thought is, was the Marcia, Marcia Popescu news, just a a huge elaborate boating accident. Did he pay that Costa Rican?
1: It kind of seems like it to me. Did we not talk about that?
0: I don't think we did. I don't think we talked about Marcia on this. show.
1: It seemed very convenient.
0: Very convenient.
1: So I don't want to blow up his spot.
0: Neither do I, but for you freaks who do not know, Marcia Popeski, a very controversial figure um, in the Bitcoin space, he famously put a one Bitcoin uh, bounty on Peter Woola's head because of Beck 32. Uh, He also had his blog Trilemma, which had some very poignant and uh, uh, I would argue prescient and insightful philosophical ideas around Bitcoin and its potential in the world. According to him, he is one of the the few true Bitcoin millionaires, has a million Bitcoin. I'm just going to seed the point. It's Bitcoin. Bitcoin is plural. I, I seed it here, Matt. You win.
1: The best was the tweet where you fucked it up.
0: <laughs> you caught me. You, yeah. ah, you caught me. Seeding yeah, it. Yeah, he
1: claimed to own a million Bitcoin. It was never verified or anything. Yeah, Supposedly was, he died in Costa Rica.
0: Yes. Uh, swimming. Well, that's the other thing. Like the beach where he was, I've surfed there before, Playa Hermosa, uh, just north of Paco or south of Paco, wherever. There, it's pretty heavy. Uh, it's cro- crocodile infested too. The ocean. Yeah,
1: but you would fake your death in the in the dangerous part.
0: Yeah, exactly. The the rips there are heavy. It's a heavy beach break. If you are swimming there without a board, I can see how you could drown. But like you just mentioned, Matt, it's like a perfect scenario too. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just like he's living there under this known name and like that's the known name that they report. I don't know. It just the whole thing kind of reeked to me.
0: Yeah. Well, but it is what it is. see if you're listening, you're still alive.
1: There's Enjoy. no way he listens to the show if he's still alive. Enjoy your dash.
0: Um back to the dashboard. Uh we are currently so much different when I have uh my laptop compared to my desktop. My desktop's massive. I can find everything very easily. And that's what I'm used to visually. Now I'm on my uh, desktop or my laptop looking for the difficult to retarget. We are whew, another even number. We're exactly 1,300 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is currently estimated to be on July 21st, 2021. Obviously, uh, and the estimated change is negative 10.1 percent, and that is because blocks are coming in at 11.2 or excuse me, 11 minutes and 8 seconds uh, per block. That's a minute and 8 seconds above the 10-minute block target. Um, so it seems that we will have another, as of right now, double-digit difficulty adjustment uh, downward. And we are 716 blocks away from the last epoch, so that's, that's some good data. That's a good, uh, a good amount of data to, to have an accurate reading on that at this point. We'll see. How much hash gets plugged in between now and 1,300 blocks into the future, whether that changes or how much hash comes off the network. and we'll change the other way. Uh, currently, ooh, ooh, this number is pumping, dude. Samurai, unspent capacity at 3,218.19 BTC. That's 106.0 million cuck bucks. That What's pump- the number? 3,218. That pumped like almost 10%. We so just
1: to be just to be clear um, we have uh, a freak Typerbole, who's also tracking uh, unspent capacity um, his website is what I what I redirect to for whirlpoolstats.com. Mm-hmm. Um and he shows a lower number I think his number is like 2500 Bitcoin um, and that's because Clark counts like the premix right before it goes in. So it's actually the, the, I, I would say that Typerboli's number is probably a little bit more useful. Okay. Um, uh, Clark basically counts the, the coin that's waiting to mix. Okay. So Clark's is more responsive because you actually go through the transaction zero process where you set up getting ready to go into the mix. Um, so they are queued up to mix. They just haven't entered the whirlpool yet.
0: How can you uh, measure that?
1: You have to watch the chain, and you can very distinct
0: the multi sig or the multi input heuristic to sort of gauge that.
1: You have a you have a five input, you have a five output. uh, I mean, you don't have a five put output. You have whatever amount of outputs that are all the equal denominations, and then they go into whirlpool.
0: Hmm. But once you tell from the input. Uh, no you can't tell from the inputs it would be the outputs
1: you have a certain number of inputs you can put as many inputs as you want in a whirlpool transaction zero Mm -hmm. right and then on the output side you have uh, a certain number of equivalent amounts Then you have a change output which is the amount that's less than whatever pool you are let's say it's a 1 million sat pool you have you know five or let's, let's say you put in 50 million sats, right? Or like a little bit above 50 million sats. You're going to, and you go into the 1 million sat pool, or you go into, uh, you put in 5 million sats and you go into the 1 million sats pool. Sorry, freaks for the, for the confusing numbers. You get five, you get five 1 million sat UTXOs. You get a little bit of a change output, whatever the remainder is there. And then you get the fee that goes to Samurai. So it's a very distinctive uh, chain footprint.
0: Yeah. The beauty of Bitcoin, the beauty of the blockchain. You can tell all this, but you don't know who ends up with the uh, the UTXOs if you're able to manage them correctly. And we
1: have we have Robert Hamilton mentioning that must be the fifty million sap pool. If you go to Typerbole's uh, website, like I said, Whirlpoolstats.com, um, he actually breaks it down by pool. The overwhelming majority of of the the volume in terms of the amount of bitcoin is the whale pool it's it's the half bitcoin pool the 50 million sat pool um if you go by count like the amount of utxos it's not right but if you go by the sheer uh monetary value it's the it's that big ass pool is is the one that has has the most volume
0: yeah that makes sense um just had a friend text me i was a little distracted right there i he took a screenshot of the live stream on the periscope and asked if i got relegated to the out, outdoor shower at, at my uh, father-in-law's house and no i'm just on the back deck enjoying the nice ocean breeze that we have here Humidity's rising a little bit i might get a little sweaty but you know what i, I need some fresh air I, I can't be stuck on the third floor in the bedroom you know so that's that's where i am today freaks no green screen we've got this nice
1: no, this is a green screen isn't it
0: It's is a nice plastic deck divider
1: here it's not you. Don't have a plastic deck green screen?
0: No, not yet. Low budget here, it's you. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump into the list. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, alluded to it. Uh, we talked about the Spectre Windows vulnerability. Apparently, it was a false alarm. What? What the hell happened? How did we get false alarms so hard?
1: Well, look. The the number one thing here is that they, before they checked if it was a false alarm and did all their due diligence, they released a warning to users, right? Which I think- out of caution. Right? And, and they could have easily, there's a lot of teams that would have been like, no, let's check everything before we release a statement. Right? And then there's teams that are like in the middle and then there's teams that'll just immediately release. So it, it's good that they immediately released. Um, it turned out to be a false alarm and there was no Trojan attached to it. Uh, this was just the Windows binary of Spectre. And the good thing here is that they've learned their lesson about, uh, maintaining a safe build environment when they're creating these binaries, right? Cause, uh, 9 ert who was doing the windows build process to create the little EXE that you install on your windows machine, um, was using the same windows computer that, that his kid was using for video games, um, so now they're going to use a dedicated machine as they as they always should have been. Makes sense. You're and right. hopefully it also lit a fire under all the other Bitcoin projects' ass to, if they were doing it, like to just quietly improve their process as well, right?
0: Shout out to the uh, Ledger security team who helped them um, figure all this out. I guess they work together. Uh, but yes, hopefully this does set a, I don't want to say precedent, I'm trying to think of the right word, this does uh, entice other teams working on similar products to <laughs> upgrade their their system security if it is uh, as um, leaky as, as this particular devs was. For-
1: well, so see, in this situation, right, no one who really cares about security or privacy uses Windows, but there's a lot of Spectre users that want a Windows binary. So, they had dedicated machines. They had clean machines for Linux and Mac, but mm-hmm. Windows was an afterthought, right? And mm-hmm. you really have to, in this, in this high stakes environment that is Bitcoin storage, um, you either have to go full on and and have a secure build process for your your Windows package, or just not offer one. Right? Like, if you don't offer one, that's fine. Don't uh, don't half-ass it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So false alarm. Anybody who was running Spectre on Windows, uh, there was not a virus injected into uh, your computer and your your Spectre uh, software. Everything's safe. It's good to go. It's a false alarm. Again, shout out to the Spectre team, number one, for uh, erring on the side of caution. And shout out to the Ledger team for helping them uh, dig through all the information and um, and bringing this all to light
1: that it was dude light. this bisk this bisk <laughs> vulnerability is way way worse
0: yeah. Yeah. all right so j- jump into this
1: they patched it it's um
0: version
1: 1.7.0 um, you can't use any other version to do trades right now so you have to use the patch version um credit where credit's due is responsibly disclosed by the Haveno team or haveno i don't know which is the fork of bis that we talked about that is being run by Monero people yeah. because they're upset that Monero doesn't get a better um, first-class experience on BISC, even though it has the majority of the volume on BISC. Um, so the Haveno, I don't know how to pronounce that, name, Haveno. Haveno, Haveno. Um, where they realized that they responsibly disclosed it to BISC right away and then BISC patched it right away. And then they waited a week before they they waited a week and then, made it so you have to use the new patched version before they disclosed what it was. So credit where credit's due, that whole aspect was handled. Fantastic. Um, specifically uh, there was a lot of tension in the lead up between the BISC team and the Havana team, because, you know, if there's a split there in, in terms of volume, there's not that much volume that goes into BISC already. Um, and if you have a split there, like the revenue streams are obviously going to be affected um so there was a lot of perceived uh hostility between the two teams and instead of dunking on them and making it a pr thing uh the the haveno guys did uh did right and they they did a responsible disclosure now to the bug it was really bad so the bug basically allowed you to create a trade and then not follow through with the trade but still get the personal information of the trading partner no um and with no cost so there there's there is was, there was no cost for it um so no security deposit nothing yeah uh i it, like it, you could get like uh like bank names stuff like that and your and and the name that's on your account at like whatever your bank source was if you had like a fiat account attached to it um so obviously that's really bad because the majority of Bisc users are privacy seeking users and all of their that that private data that's linked to the account could get harvested by other people now on the bright side it doesn't seem like it was massively hit but the only Yeah.
0: I'll read one of the I'll read the tweet where explaining this. We're not aware of any instances in which the vulnerability was abused. Such abuse would have led to failed trades, and at scale, BISC support would have noticed trends in user reports.
1: Which is like kind of a questionable reason for not knowing it happened. So it would have been like BISC users would have had to basically report that their trades were just, you know, failing with no loss to the counterparty. Yeah. And that didn't happen. So we're hoping that it wasn't exploited heavily, but there's no real way to know for sure if it was or not.
0: Mm-hmm. So, if you're running BISC, if you're trading on BISC, uh, you're not allowed to trade if you're not on version 1.7.0 um, where the vulnerability has been patched. Uh, so, be aware. I agree. It, it was uh, an upstanding move by the Haveno team to to collaborate with BISC on this, considering the beef that they had leading up to the fork of, of the software. Um, very admirable that they worked together with BISC to to do this. And, and it shows at the end of the day, we, we are really all on the same team. I mean, we want to bring uh, distributed peer-to-peer digital cash to the masses and increase privacy. And um, if you're able to squash that beef and put principles first, it's always a good thing to say. So be aware, Freaks, running BISC version 1.7.0 is what you need to be upgraded to.
1: Uh, the, other, the other positive note that I did miss, I'm just looking through the thread real quick, um, is that an attacker would have had to use a modified version of BISC. They couldn't have just used the standard install of BISC. So it would have had been a slightly more sophisticated attacker. Um, oh. But yeah, it's still pretty bad. I mean, that adds another layer to it.
0: They would have had to hack it. Did the spooks hack it?
1: Yeah, but we have to imagine that, like software like BISC is the type of software that is under you know, heavy. Um, the only reason if, if BISC yeah. isn't already being actively attacked by governments and surveillance agencies and stuff is only because the volume is not as high as it as it could be. But uh, that's the exact type of software that would be. Um,
0: targeted by these,
1: you know, with large budgets, these guys have tons, you know, tons of money to sp- and time to spend on this shit.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Like, well, that being said, like, why wouldn't they just create liquidity themselves and try to like honey trap people? What was that? Why wouldn't, no, I wouldn't like these agencies, it's just an attempt to like spoof liquidity.
1: Well, they do that too. Yeah. Presumably, a lot of the P2P services have. You know counterparties that are not uh that are spooks right like that's if, if all the times like they've gotten most of the times they've gotten people with cash trades in person wow especially in, in the us has been with a spook on one side of the trade right and then they give you they like give you the cash or they sell you the bitcoin for the cash and they're like yeah i'm going to use this for some you know illegal thing and they get you on tape saying that you're going to do that and then they hit you with that
0: yeah, it's like the classic um, local Bitcoins spook entrapment.
1: Exactly. I'm going to buy drugs with this Bitcoin. Can you sell it to me or yeah. something? And then they get you on, on tape.
0: I haven't heard a lot about local Bitcoins. They've been completely uh, squashed with their, their KYC AML editions. haven't heard anything from them in a while.
1: I imag- I mean, their volume definitely got hit hard, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm sorry if you could hear my son crying. I hear
1: him I'm a little sure. bit.
0: I'm not sure what's going on. Can
1: you can you hear the storm that's going on outside? Right I now? heard I
0: heard a little rumble, and now I'm worried. I'm sitting outside. Is it going to come get me?
1: I'm trying to theoretically. Uh, I'm trying to mute on on point for for the. Oh, you're fine.
0: You're fine. Is it like pouring there?
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Shit,
0: I got all my. Hey, babe, can you uh, shut the door, please? Picking you up on the mic. Um,
1: <laughs> what's our next topic?
0: Former CFTC advocate. Uh, advocates for a bit. He's not a CFTC advocate, he worked for the CFTC. He was the chair, a chair. Yeah, he's advocating for a Bitcoin ETF. Uh, this is a Bloomberg article, and I have uh, exceeded my Bloomberg article limit for the month, and I refuse uh, to subscribe. Uh, I will Bloomberg if you're listening, Michael. I will pay uh, light enabled uh, uh, uh paywalls.
1: You can get through the Bloomberg paywall with an archive link.
0: Yeah, archive link. Um, but you didn't provide that for me. But um, from what I, rem- I remember, people talking about XCFT, you know, ex-CFTC chair. Um, was it uh, was it Jean Carla?
1: Who was it? No, no, no. He was...
0: Jay Clayton.
1: Jay Clayton. It... No, no, it wasn't him either. Timothy Massad. Okay.
0: Massad. Interesting last name there. Uh-oh. With an A, uh, okay, just one letter off. Um, what what's the gist of it? Since I haven't read the article yet, I mean,
1: I don't know. He's just like, oh, we should have an ETF.
0: Yeah, it's so pretty
1: straightforward. You can just read the headline.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm like so jaded by ETF talk after years of ETF talk that it's like, all right, I, I say it time and time again, like BTC is the ETF, obviously.
1: I mean, people were like pumping off of it or whatever. They were tweeting about it.
0: How, how many times do we have to learn the ETF? which is
1: why I put it on the list
0: remember like the Winkle loss I mean, what was it, the beginning of 2017 when everybody's like yep we're getting an ETF in 3 weeks
1: there was ETF talk in the 2013 pump yeah Um. yeah I mean look fuck the ETF I, I'm glad that we haven't had the ETF yet
0: Yeah. me me as well uh, it's
1: ridiculous that I both agree that it's ridiculous that we don't have an ETF <laughs> And that it's actually kind of a blessing in disguise that we don't yet. Because it forces people to at least use a little bit more sovereign methods of, of buying Bitcoin than just buying the ETF.
0: How much supply do you think an ETF launched?
1: What do you mean? How much would it take?
0: Well, right. imagine if it were launched in 2013. Imagine if it were launched in 2017. It would
1: take so much. Look at GBTC. GBTC is a shitty fucking product. It's not even a real ETF and it's taken up so much Bitcoin. Yeah. It just can't, it's like, I mean, recently it's been going down, but in general, it's just a straight line up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, but like now that's like an interesting thought experiment to have, like the more this ETF gets delayed for whatever reasons, like does that equate to that ETF amassing less Bitcoin, right? Do we we want the ETF to be launched at the last possible moment? I think you can make the argument for that. That would make sense. Like imagine if it was launched in 2013, (laughs) And that went to like the 2015 bull cycle that e- etf is just scooping scooping up 250 dollars bitcoin for- yeah i
1: mean if you think if you think it's bad that microstrategy has a hundred thousand bitcoin like it'd be a way worse if there was an etf yeah. yeah um but uh i mean even as it stands like what coinbase has like a million and a half bitcoin or something like that i mean i'm not looking at the numbers right now um in their custody and there's no etf involved there um the good thing is, is we're not proof of stake, right? Like if you have more Bitcoin, it doesn't give you more power over the network. You can dump the price if you sell it. But I mean, the proof of stake proponents should be more worried about, you know, what these centralizing factors have have to deal with in terms of ownership, at least.
0: Yeah. 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 Agreed. It's, um, it's a never ending Conversation ETF BTC is the ETF. I'll, I'll keep saying that till I'm blue in the face. Um, again, proof of stake too. Did we talk about mention it last week? I know we don't care about Ethereum or anything, but I just thought it was funny that like one of the most respected uh, custodians and facilitators of uh, basically a lot of the trade that goes on behind the scenes, particularly for OTC desks, fireblocks. They uh they completely talk about this. We did. They lost yeah,
1: the- well, they fucked up the keys or whatever. Yeah,
0: they lost like the private keys. It's like a hundred million dollars worth of ETH that was being staked. Um, and that's gone.
1: Well, there was also, I thought what you were gonna talk about is there was this uh, the MEV stuff. Kobe's company, uh, Lido. I think that's it's his Kobe. company? I think I think he's involved. I want not be surprised. Um, and there's are staking on like the test net chain of ETH or whatever. I don't know how that shit works. Um, but they're the number one staker and it's because there's a token attached to it so it it kind of showcases early on the centralizing factors and then like number two is kraken and like number four is kraken secondary wallet (laughs) So it's (laughs) like they're already it's already kind of happening but you know whatever let them do it
0: Libo is distributed though it's not a centralized staker which is a LARP, I would argue, but we are not here to argue about that. Uh, that was ETF talk for the week. Um,
1: some ETH talk, I guess,
0: and some ETH talk. I'm sure there will be more in the future. Uh, this a very juicy story, very scandalous, very uh, headline-inducing. I'm sure this will get picked up by mainstream media sources uh, throughout the week and the month. Very
1: good advertisement.
0: Very good advertisement. Uh, they're in a very interesting case study and why multi-sig is important and uh why dating apps may may be very high time preference and something you may want to avoid in the future um so a casa client was drugged by a tinder date uh an attempted bitcoin theft so uh this gentleman met a woman here's your first mistake sir whoever you may be um he met a me swiped right uh I guess or left I don't even know what the swiping direction is correct if you accept a uh, potential date. Uh he swiped because she had I'm a right. crypto trader in in my in her bio. Um mistake number 1, honey trap.
1: No, he uh, definitely he had it in his bio too.
0: Yeah, well that's, they don't another, say that's it. another mistake. That's how you They don't say that harder. in the article,
1: but he definitely had it in his bio too, right?
0: Um I don't know if, if
1: he if, must have. In the article that the article even says, like, oh, they didn't talk about Bitcoin that much. Like, it must, it must have been in his bio. He was probably like, I'm a Bitcoiner, or it was in his profession or whatever.
0: Here's how, here's how it's described in the Casa blog post. The hook: This client is a bachelor who, like tens of millions of others, uses dating apps to meet women. Last week, he came across the profile of a woman whose Tinder bio stated that she worked as a crypto trader. Our client found this intriguing and messaged her, since it is rare to come across someone particularly a woman, and I added that, uh, who was interested in talking about crypto. Uh, In one of the first messages with this woman, he mentioned that he too, so it was a message, it wasn't in his bio, was a crypto trader in the aims of establishing some common ground. Honey trap, come on, be smarter freaks.
1: The first first sign should have been that it was crypto and not Bitcoin. (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: It's number one sign, crypto trader. Number two sign in the bio. Well, this chick savvy, man. She she knew how to put the trap there. Crypto trader in the bio. You go meet for some drinks, and you get roofied. This man got roofied with scopolamine. Scopolamine? Scopolamine can render a victim unconscious for 24 hours or more. Holy shit. It's most often administered in liquid and powder form of food and beverages. The majority of these incidents occur in nightclubs and bars, and usually men perceived to be wealthy, are targeted by young, attractive, women which is exactly what happened here this gentleman got roofied uh it went he
1: back to his apartment Went
0: back to his apartment he Got
1: roofied at his apartment
0: got roofied did he get sim swapped or he just like she like opened his phone she uh, took
1: his phone and made him put his yeah. password in
0: yeah and he used, used his t- 2fa um to to basically drain his coinbase account i think he said but luckily for him he had uh, most of his stats Casa. in casa's multi-sig and your
1: advertisement
0: and she was not, this is free ad for Casa. I mean, she that the product works. Uh, she was able to, um, she was not able to get uh, the lion's share of a stash, which was secured by the Casa's multi-sig setup. Um, so a very depressing story with a, with a good, very strong silver lining, uh, which is uh, a man uh, fell for a honey trap on Tinder, uh, got roofied, had some of his exchange coins, taken from him but most of his bitcoin were secure dating apps high time preference so disagree
1: disagree
0: <laughs> there's too much optionality
1: you made a lot Which, of mistakes i don't think the dating app was the mistake
0: uh, the dating app it's like there's you have too much you have too much
1: marty you were married before dating apps existed
0: match.com existed
1: have you ever used tinder Harmony.
0: <laughs> funny funny story i've used tinder but it was because i had no idea what it was it was back when i was still on facebook Boomer Marty. i was back when i was still on facebook and i had my like friends from high school like she, i guess there was like some sign up link referral code or whatever i don't know what it was like it was literally when tinder first came out like the app icon looks nothing like it does today and I just like clicked it and downloaded. I'm, I was dating my wife at the, I think we were like a year and a half into our relationship. I'm just like, what is this app everybody's downloading? Like, I'm nah, sure it was a mistake. Connected it to Facebook and I'm like, started swipe. I'm like, oh shit, this is a dating app. And I uh, had to like come clean to my. Well,
1: then, anyway, my wife, this is a- hey, I downloaded
0: this app. I had no idea what the dating app I'm sorry.
1: This is a Bitcoin podcast, but I wholeheartedly disagree with your take on dating apps.
0: i I just think if anyone anyone, time preference like feeds the uh it's not not
1: necessarily anxiety
0: induced like there's always another option there's always another option you're always searching for that better thing
1: that's the pessimistic take to look at it the positive take is it's easier to connect with people other singles in your area that is true i i don't think it's i you know i'm i it's a surveillance app that's a negative of it um but I, I think you're being a little bit too harsh on on Tinder usage, especially since you've never actually used it.
0: I okay, mean I did use it, but I didn't know
1: what it was. I mean, you didn't go on any dates.
0: No, no, zero dates. Zero dates.
1: Also, if any freaks are trying to do a Bitcoiner version, I do have Bitcoinersonly.com if you want to buy it for me. Ooh.
0: Ooh, man offer. Probably for- a bad idea I mean, now you know, in hindsight. This is a rare. Yeah. <laughs> what did we just explained. This is like that's how you get targeted. I guess I mean.
1: Yeah, Drunk Matt bought that domain.
0: <laughs> if you are a Bitcoiner, be careful. Like, so I guess, what's the etiquette? Not etiquette, but probably what's the best?
1: Just don't put Bitcoin in your bio. Don't well, talk don't about do that. Bitcoin then, like, when you're dating.
0: Don't bring it up on the first date, second date, third. Like, what date do you finally bring it up? Like, how much confidence do you need to know? Uh, Look,
1: if you're if you're a successful Bitcoiner, you know, good luck. Dating's hard. It's gonna be very hard for you if like. Like our, our poor boy, Nick Carter over there, uh, Mr. Niche famous Bitcoiner Nick Carter is like, he's going to have to go and deal with it. And you're going to have to, it's like the same idea. You're going to have to like deal with the potential that maybe they're just coming after your, your money, right? It's, just, yeah. it's, not, it's not a new phenomenon. It's just with Bitcoin instead of fiat.
0: Yeah. What you have to do is have a boating accident and then like public, very public boating accident and then try to get the dates and then you'll know the true the true diehards that want to date you for who you are, as a man or woman, um, and and get to know you earnestly, not just because you have a, a stack of SATs. Be careful out there, freaks. Be careful, be careful, man. And women, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of people targeting you out there. They, hey, to give my my point and what I tweeted out, like. I, Leverage your friend and family group if you can. Obviously, not everybody can. Not everybody has a large friends and family group, um, but it is a nice way. You know, the people are uh, at least uh, culturally similar to you and, and share some values and like the people that you like. Uh, that
1: helps ease things. Well, we can agree to disagree.
0: And we can agree to disagree. And I <laughs> have I told this story before. I've been I've been anti dating app since I was uh, very young. I was interning. In college, I had to be, like, 18. Like, I think it was the summer after my freshman year. I was working for some, like, asset management firm. Just, like, helping an RIA line of clients to, to sell uh, products to. And we're sitting there. I'm in Chicago. Like, staying my first summer in Chicago. We're sitting back-to-back back in this small office. And uh, it's literally, like, day two of the internship. And we're listening to Pandora. Um, and we're sitting there. And I'm, like, trying to be cool. And... Uh, didn't have a Pandora premium subscription, so a commercial comes on. It's for eHarmony. It's like, uh, commercial ends. Like, they go on their whole spiel, like, find your lover, like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there. I'm, like, 18, trying to be cool. And I'm like, God, you have to be a complete loser to find your wife on eHarmony.com. It was, like, 10 seconds of silence. And he's like, uh, I found my wife on eHarmony.com. <laughs> and it's, like, dead serious. I was like, God damn it. This is a, this is a great way to uh, to start the internship. So beware, be aware. I could have these ideas, but obviously other people are using dating apps. They're finding love. They're finding uh, people that are going to roofie them. So just be, know the know the the type of people you're going to interact with on these apps and I guess take that into consideration.
1: There's a lot of good people on Tinder.
0: Yes, there's a lot of good people. There is, but there's also a lot of people are going to try um, to roof you. Uh, so beware, beware, beware. Next up... <laughs> Kaspersky password manager was generating insecure passwords that could be um, <laughs> brute forced in a matter of seconds. Not ideal. Uh, have you ever used this password manager?
1: No, it's a Russian company. You shouldn't, but, but it's, a, it's a very good uh, cautionary tale because good password is based on proper randomness um, and a good private key is based off proper randomness. And if you are trusting a, in this case, a closed source app with generating your randomness, um, there's no way to verify that they're actually secure until you get fucked. So, um, use open source software. Add your own entropy. This is why on Cold Card we talk about rolling dice. Mm-hmm. Um, this old is why we talk about using multi sig because you have multiple sources of randomness from the different vendors that are adding, you know, into your, 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 your key scheme. Um, this is also another theme that I've been talking about, which is that these password managers, especially if you're generating the passwords in there, um, can be a single source of failure, right. Uh, especially the closed source, uh, cloud-based ones, uh, like LastPass, where it's literally sitting on a cloud somewhere. So you're trusting their encryption and their password generation. And if you do that for all your websites. It's just like, it's just sitting there. Just every, every, every website that you think is the most important that needs to be in the password manager is, is compromised. So,
0: yeah. Use different passwords. Use strong passwords. Try not to have any significant amount of Bitcoin on services behind a password in case something like this happens. Move it to cold storage, freaks. Move it to cold storage. Please, please, please be aware, be aware. Um, speaking of cold storage, if you're looking to move your your Bitcoin from cold to cold storage from uh, Bybit, which is uh, an exchange that just allows leverage trading, it's like a, a BitMEX Hydra, I guess you could say. Is that how we describe Bybit?
1: It's- I don't know. We got Greg Zaj in the fucking live chat. He's distracting me. Uh, Bybit adding KYC, inevitable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean. You're getting distracted by the comments. This is is one thing. Is one thing I talk about. Like, just don't get distracted. You can read them. Just don't get distracted by them. bybit. is essentially a Do They allow you to trade shitcoins too. I don't know. I don't know either. They
1: definitely let you do leverage like bitmax does. Yeah, probably. I've never used bybit.
0: Neither have I. Um, but why we're bringing it up? They're adding obviously, Obviously, typical shitcoin casino or leverage margin trading casino pops up. They entice people with, hey, we're no KYC, no AML. Come trade with us. We'll let you trade as much as you want and send as much Bitcoin off our exchange whenever you want. Uh, and inevitably, as the volume on these exchanges grows, so does the scrutiny from authorities. And it seems to be what is happening with Bybit. And they are introducing stricter customer identification procedures next week. And this article was written July 6th. So starting next Monday, I imagine. Um, they they want like a facial scan um, and some more identification information uh, if you want to withdraw more than two Bitcoin a day on the exchange, which with that being said, with all that being said, that is a pretty high limit still. $60,000 a
1: day off uh, Yeah. But they that's how Binance started. And they're going to... Probably start shotgun KYCing people underneath that amount, and it's going to get stricter and stricter and stricter until you end up where Binance is right now, which is basically anyone who uses it should expect to, you know, give full KYC. Um, I also think it's ironic that, uh, I don't know, there was like a lot of outspoken Bitcoiners that had very strong tweets about WorldCoin being ridiculous for having iris scans. Um, but Bitcoiners are fine with facial scans to buy their Bitcoin, so.
0: what's the day if you're getting the facial scan, you're getting the eye scan
1: too, correct? I mean, no, but it <laughs> might as well be the same thing.
0: Right. Might might as well. Um, how could you game that? Like, what happened? You take the facial
1: picture. No com.
0: No, but, like, how could you game, like, the facial recognition stuff? Like, what if I... <laughs> went through this process and just stole somebody's id and like took a picture of like a friend you know it was a scummy friend and we're out getting drinks i'm like hey craig let me see, let me see your ID? When was the last time i'm gonna see what you look like in your id picture
1: yeah i mean you're just picture. fucking over your friend
0: but like what's the purpose of the facial this that's the point i'm trying to make is like when you withdraw do you have to like take a selfie every time you withdraw
1: yeah, usually they have you take a selfie with like a newspaper or something, or they have you write on a piece of paper. And you're... remember when Binance's KYC leaked, and it was just all the people yeah. like holding up their like passport with a piece <laughs> yeah. of paper in their face, and they're all just like taking a picture. Like that's what that's what they make you do. But you Yeah, every time like, you withdraw. No, you do it. You do it once, and then maybe they'll they'll do checkups on you or whatever. Yeah, um, easily
0: gained, right? Like, hey. Well, the
1: criminals just buy. They'll just buy identities, finance the right?
0: pictures. They'll just buy the binary. Yeah, you
1: can just buy the KYC leaks from other exchanges and stuff. But, but, honest users get fucked. Yeah. That's why KYC is the illicit activity is because it doesn't work. Criminals get by and use it, and it just fucks honest users constantly.
0: It's a very good point. The criminals are going to access the the leaked KYC data from other exchanges and use it on Bybit. Um, and be none the worse off for it while well, uh, the, the nice user who's, who's just trading on leverage and playing the casino games because he, he likes risk uh, or she likes risk gets fucked because they're going to have all these pictures they're going to have all this data and what do you think the chances are that Bybit has the you know, system admin secure admin system security in place to uh, secure all this pers- they don't
1: Even, do you see Morgan Stanley, Morgan Stanley got compromised?
0: I did not. What happened?
1: A bunch of their customer data got leaked. Uh, names, uh, social security numbers, account balances. Um, they had the data encrypted, but they had the encryption key on the same server.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So you get into the server, you have know, the data, you're like, oh, look. Here's, a, here's the encryption key that we need to get this data. It's right here.
1: I don't know why I'm like, they're not like a pinnacle of, of uh, they just have a lot of money. So, you know, you'd expect the, the, more, the, the more valuable companies to be better at securing information. In Morgan Stanley's case, it was a third party that they were using was compromised, oh, mm. which is often the case. You outsource it and then they get compromised. I think in Binance's case, it was a third party too that was handling the KYC.
0: This is why you vertically integrate and control your whole stuff. No, you
1: just assume it's all going to get leaked anyway. That as well. All of this information will get leaked. You have to assume that every piece of personal information that you have on the internet uh, stored with a centralized third party will eventually find its way to the wider internet.
0: Yes, yes. Um, while we're on this topic, we've men- mentioned Binance uh, alongside Bybit. Uh, it is... Probably important that we bring up the topic, the, the letter from CZ reflecting on progress in the road ahead, uh, which is essentially him saying, oh, like we care about our customers. We have this Safu fund that will make everybody whole if anything ever gets hacked. But and then it's like down the line, last three paragraphs, uh, we're going to grow our international compliance team. We're going to expand our already robust compliance partnerships, and we're going to localize our operations and business to comply with local regulations. So essentially just bending his knee to global regulators after launching the exchange you know, under the guise that they would never
1: do this. Well, it was because, I mean, there's been all these stories, like the they're squeezing him, right?
0: Yeah, no, he's de- I mean, he's definitely getting the pressure. They're is-
1: cutting off bank access and shit like that, so.
0: Yeah, but this is, again... I was, we did this pre-recording, right? We had this conversation. That's why I love this show. Cause we've been saying this consistently since the very beginning, like this is going to happen to every one of these Hydra exchanges that that's similar to the dark, uh, the dark net markets that pop up. Um, and they do the same thing essentially, but they always get cucked. They always get seized, similarly in the Bitcoin. seized
1: or exit scam basically
0: yeah similarly with these exchanges um
1: now i'm reading the comments and do you just he just like writes marty 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 matt 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 matt, matt just no, i'm looking
0: at i'm looking at the so guitarist i wonder if odell secures his hog as well as he you he secures that hog don't worry he's telling me about it I'm kidding i don't
1: know we talk about it every day. Um, we
0: talk about his pig in the backyard. It's in, <laughs> the, being treated well.
1: The, um, <laughs> yeah. Binance. So, so, the one advantage we have as Bitcoiners is yeah, it sucks for Binance, but we don't have to use Binance, right? And they'll always be now it sucks for Bybit, but you don't have to use Bybit. And there is regulatory arbitrage. You will have other companies, upstart companies that will show up. Um, and they, they will have uh, more privacy-focused policies uh, until they get too big, right? Like Binance uh, is the highest volume spot exchange in the world right now. Uh, CZ sees that if he you know, hits his compliance goals, he can have his exit like Polo did and like uh, fucking Bitrix did, right? And And that's what BitMEX did, right? I mean, BitMEX also had their founders arrested
0: um i would i want to put bitmex in the same category they put up a bigger fight than the others
1: right people got arrested yeah first but these these exchanges get super large they bring in a shit ton of revenue and then they see dollar signs right shapeshift
0: yeah yeah it's inevitable it is inevitable more will pop up um again if you're using by a bit be aware if you have more than two bitcoin a day that you're looking to withdraw uh, next week, they're going to be looking for facial recognition um, and, and more identifying information.
1: Iris scan coming to you. I'll tell you, one of the most Twitter things ever was I had like a, a tweet about KYC and retina scans, and then there was like three people in my comments or whatever There was like, it's actually iris scans, which are more reliable than retina scans. Which is why I love Twitter, but it's also like that's not the point. Like I don't <laughs> care. It's just the eye scan. I'm just.
0: <laughs> uh. Similarly, uh, the Great American Mining Account highlighted the fact that a lot of <laughs> a lot of Teslas are being charged off of diesel generators. And we quote tweeted a tweet about that with a picture of a diesel generator charging a Tesla. Um, and apparently, we got the generator size wrong and blah, 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 blah. And everybody's like, oh, the data's all wrong. It's like, that's not the point. The point it is. It's being powered by diesel
1: it's the best part and worst part about twitter
0: (laughs) it's like uh it's hilarious um also warning with bybit and stuff like that if you're not a a seasoned trader if you don't know what you're doing
1: 99 percent of people are going to lose their money
0: yes don't trade on margin you are literally going to lose your stack
1: that was the best part about bitmex is you never had to withdraw you just sent it in and just lost it
0: (laughs) gone that's at least what we've heard uh, what do we got next got to go to the bottom of the list? And stay go
1: humble back. and stack freaks.
0: Yes, stay humble and stack And again. Like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. Um, it's a very good time to stack. This consolidation period gets boring. This is the way Bitcoin works. It like lulls you into like a false sense. It's like, oh, this is boring. I don't even want to pay attention anymore. Best time to stack. And like Pat said, we could go either way. Like once you go like up or down, it's still. It's
1: going to be, it, the volatility is coming.
0: And we're like Ding. in
1: one direction or the other yes
0: yes which which direction like
1: this no i'm trying to get a prediction right for i haven't gotten predictions right in a while so
0: don't, no no more predictions
1: no i have a prediction there will be volatility
0: i like that All right. <laughs> watch we're gonna be consolidating until 2022
1: do the mempool would, just I... the mempools being completely fucking empty just being able to like right now I don't have it up on my screen, but I bet you right now we could just pay one sapper byte and just get in the next block. I was so wrong. About
0: I that. don't know. I did um, a a transac- transaction yesterday. I didn't choose one set. I chose like the medium speed. And it what was took- medium? <sighs> Here, let me check.
1: I'm only I'm katan now. I'm dying on the hill. I'm only You're sending one on sapper byte. Let me see what it was. Fee market will never exist.
0: <laughs> hey. Hey, you're talking to a miner here. I hope that fee market exists. What did I send it at? Let me see.
1: If you're in a rush, pay two sats per byte. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me see what I sent it here. Space. I sent it. Uh, my fee was 8.1 sats per byte. Not too wow, bad.
1: Wow, big spender. Not too bad. I sent a transaction for like 120 sats the other day so cheap
0: yeah this one was like 1400 that's yeah
1: right now you need three sats per byte to get into the next block That's real real block space demand we got there and that's that's in a a difficulty adjustment down period where hash is decreasing into the into the period so that it's inflated from where it should be at one sat per byte
0: no no Difficulty went down, so it's easier to mine. So you're but it's mi- going
1: down again this period. That's like true. the blocks are coming in. What'd you say? Eleven minutes and eight seconds. Yeah. Yes. So the fees should be inflated a little bit until the next difficulty adjustment levels it back out.
0: Agreed. It's pretty Agreed. crazy. Yes, man. Uh, Divergent here uh, into the comments, but I think it's a good one from. Not even going to try to pronounce your name, but you're saying uh, everybody set up I2P on your node. I saw John attack a um, Bitcoin core contributor. We
1: got to cheers him for getting funding. He got oh. funding from Strike.
0: Oh, shout out to John. I love this for Bitcoin.
1: Well deserved, man. Well deserved. He's a freak too. He deserved it heavily. He's a very
0: big freak, and uh, I would consider somebody that I uh, respect very highly in this
1: space. Very grateful for his work.
0: And it's like that's the beauty of Bitcoin Core, I guess. Like to talk about what John does, John leads a lot of the review of the code, um, which is, is a lot of the times thank, a thankless task. Uh, it's not, um, it's not easy. It's not fun. A lot of times, it's not exciting. But it is extremely necessary and productive work that uh, that makes Bitcoin better and more robust over time. Um,
1: Greg Zaj didn't know he got funded by Strike, even though he works for their meme team.
0: <laughs> Greg, how the hell did you not know that?
1: So this funding was hey, for IndieCon. Got on
0: J-O-N, not J-O-H-N. Get your spelling right.
1: You see, I comment, oh, by the way, now I, because we have like shitcoin scammers, I stay in the chat as TFTC, so I can ban them from ban the them. chat.
0: Hey, um, hey, I got in trouble for putting somebody in, in chat timeout once, so be careful. Uh,
1: well, I only do it if they're a scammer. Yeah. Um, so the so this was funded from the IndyCar. It's the first grant out of the IndyCar, 100k USD to John for his work on Bitcoin Core. Fantastic to see. Really love to see it. And uh, shout out to Strike. And also, I met Greg in Miami. First question I asked him: What was the first question I asked him?
0: Why are you stamping your gifts? Nope. What, what? I, that was
1: the second, and that wasn't a question. That was just a statement. What was the... No one wants watermark... Real memes don't have watermarks on them. Agreed. The first question was, do you actually get paid by Strike?
0: That's a personal question.
1: He does. They have a paid meme team. Yeah. They have a paid meme team.
0: Like, yeah.
1: But weren't you curious?
0: I mean, I just assumed he was.
1: That's fantastic. That's the dream, right? Yeah. Making memes for money.
0: Yeah. I mean... We're talking to a meme master here, freaks with Matt Odell.
1: Never had a watermark kind on of a meme. Never. I mean <laughs> never got paid for meme.
0: We had somebody trademark your meme.
1: We have other people trademark my memes. I don't even trademark my own memes.
0: Yeah. This is uh Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Odell is pure. That's all that's all I'm gonna add. If you freaks can't yeah, tell it's getting humid outside, my hair's getting a little, little curly here. I hope you can't tell I'm balding that much, but it's happening. You just gotta accept it if you're balding. It happens. It happens. You meet, get in the sun, try and protect your hair. Don't wear too many hats, even though I wear hats all the time. FinCEN hires a a chief digital currency advisor with Justice Department experience. You're sending me to a FinCEN fucking website. (laughs) Give me the archive link, please. We're all
1: spooks.
0: (laughs) First ever chief digital currency advisor and first director of strategic communications uh, Acting Director Michael Mosier announced leadership additions to the Bureau. Michael Corver, who led distinguished career at the United States Department of Justice, now serves in FinCEN's first ever Chief Digital Currency Advisor. Jaina Desai, formerly of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, now serves as FinCEN's first Director of Strategic Communications. Um, so FinCEN is uh, creating and filling positions uh, that focus Directly on uh, digital currencies, Bitcoin.
1: You like my quote, Chief Digital Currency Advisor? Yes. I don't know. Digital currency as a word triggers me a little bit. <laughs>
0: well, Bitcoin is a digital currency.
1: Yeah, but all currencies are digital now. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. That's a good point. It's not very distinctive, is it? Uh,
1: but yeah. Anyway, she has prosecuted prosecutorial. Is that a word? Experience so. at the Justice Department. I think so. And FinCEN's hiring her to. To focus on Bitcoin. Oh,
0: I said Michael Corver. It's Michelle Corver. Excuse me, freaks.
1: I, I got it. You got um, it. the, like that's not good. I mean, that's just I that that's. There's a lot of first shots happening right now of a of a long war, in my opinion, and I feel like.
0: Oh. We've been saying this in the last couple of weeks. Like it seems like all is quiet on the regulatory front, and FinCEN has postured like they do not like Bitcoin. And it seems like, it, again, they're creating and filling positions and a preparation to to start attacking Bitcoiners, I would imagine.
1: It feels like the setup is happening. And I don't know if I'm just confirming my bias. Hopefully this is just like my mempool predictions and I'm just completely wrong. <laughs> I would love to be wrong. I would love, you know, if governments around the world just say, our people should have freedom and privacy and we won't do anything about it but it, history has a would say the opposite so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, you had a good tweet on if it was today or yesterday about um people just assuming that authoritarian government government yeah. are, are going to allow yeah, it. Yeah,
1: authoritarian governments are just going to hand hand their people freedom, yeah. That's yeah. what always happens.
0: Here, take it. Take ah. Oh. <laughs> 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 We're going to have to fight for it, freaks. And and a tangential side note here, that's probably why I got so aggressive on Twitter this week. I think me personally as well felt compelled to articulate thoughts out of what I perceive as the need to begin being more vocal about things that lead us down a more authoritarian path. That's why I was so active on Twitter this week, starting last weekend. Uh, last Friday when I had an all caps uh, tweet thread about my disdain for ESG in the oh big my God, well it did let's talk about it. Like, <laughs>
1: like
0: ESG is a terroristic attack on free markets it really is and I, I shared this article from American mind by a gentleman named Emmett I can't remember his last name um, off the top of my head but he wrote this great article basically making the argument that the, the climate hysteric green movement is a domestic terrorist organization, a legal domestic terrorist organization went into the definition of domestic terrorism and basically highlighted like what these people are doing is akin to domestic terrorism. That just went off off offline there. I guess he's getting a drink or something, but uh, a very, Compelling argument that the green movement, particularly those trying to force uh, unreliable uh, energy generation sources, particularly wind and solar, on the markets while actively advocating for the decommissioning of very reliable energy, particularly nuclear energy, are making... America, particularly our grid system, less secure. It's a very compelling argument. ESG is a terroristic attack on free markets, I would argue, because they are trying to, from a top-down perspective, control industries. They're leading people in with the environment, which makes people very emotional. And then they've got the SG on the back end, which is cultural Marxism that is that wants to control how you hire, uh, how you run your business, how you have to posture, and, and how you can get funding. If you don't check off all the boxes, you will not get the funding. And this is a top-down attack on free markets. And I feel compelled to begin uh, speaking out vehemently against this because nobody else is. Uh, very few people are. There are other people, but very few people are. And you, you see Kramer and all the people on CNBC. Again, I've been watching more of that just to see what like how everybody's posturing like it that is becoming like the main theme in the institutional investor class right now is this esg movement and we need to begin calling out its hypocrisy and that is uh again i ran a twitter spaces on tuesday um basically calling out the bitcoin mining council specifically but other bitcoiners uh, outside the mining council who are attempting to appease this ESG narrative by catering uh, to them, by attempting to prove that Bitcoin is green enough with the the energy mix that miners are using. Um, it's never going to work. Like That is not the way Like the, the Bitcoin mining council is like, hey, we're going on the offensive uh, with the ESG movement by proving them, showing them data that we're doing this, doing this, doing this. Nothing will ever appease them. We talked about this last week. You could use pure cow farts for Bitcoin mining and they wouldn't care. They'd move the goalposts. The correct way to go on the offensive is to call out the hypocrisy. Like ESG companies that are ESG certified, particularly in the solar and wind industry are used, leveraging slave labor and hydrocarbons at the front end of their supply chains to produce the end product. But that doesn't get talked about. That doesn't get factored into the ESG movement. And again, the focus is especially in the Bitcoin industry is heavily on the E and everybody disregards the SG, the social and the governance. Like if you're going to cater to the ESG movement, you may focus on the environmental aspect of it, but you're going to get pulled into the SG aspect of it too. And that is not what we want to do there. You're going to try, try to granularly control how this industry works at the boardroom level. And that's just not a good idea in the long run, short term, medium term. Um, and I, feel compelled to speak out about it
1: yeah but you were looking for you were being overly dramatic with how you went what about you, it right
0: well you're the all caps king i'm not allowed to all cap
1: <laughs> i've never all caps threaded that was that was a, a marty invention i was, was very, very
0: uh I was very heated very
1: heated. um i mean look i look forward to your michael saylor uh powwow um debate whichever perspective you want to go with um i would say i have a couple things for you um interviewer matt um first of all i was going to call you out because terroristic i thought wasn't a word it is a word but i still don't like it i would just say terrorist attack uh the I, I don't like the appeals to terrorism as a thing. That's like a very status kind of. Well, this is this is, holding, this is
0: holding the mirror up. They they call the oil and gas industry like, right, and they're going to call us terrorists. Terror. Yeah, they're going
1: to say like people who use Bitcoin privately are terrorists. Like fire a fire baby. For, ah, it's to me it's sensitive, you know. But that you know you you can have your own strategy. I don't care. You can do what you want to do. Well,
0: this is like a, this is. It's like the racist thing. Like everybody's a racist now, so it's like completely has destroyed the meaning of the word. Like you can't do anything without being a racist. It completely actually destroys the meaning of what true racism is. And uh, similarly, they're doing that with terrorism. So again, like to combat these people, well, again, yeah, we we don't appease them. You ridicule them. You hold up a mirror and you you say you are a hypocrite. Like you're the terrorist, and you point out the reasons why. And that's how you fight them. You 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 hold them to the same standard that they're attempting to hold all of us to. And you go, all right. And you want to play that game? Like you're leveraging slave labor. Uh, you want to create the sustainable uh, future on green energy that takes solar panels and wind turbines. Guess what? You need lithium-ion batteries right now. And if you look at the news headlines this week, we are approaching a a point where lithium. Or is like, we're literally exacerbating the lithium deposits on the earth. We're going to mine all the lithium soon and there's not going to be any more. Is that sustainable? Like we're in this drive to uh, move and transition to this green energy future built on unreliable energy sources. We're going to rid the earth of all its lithium. We're not even going to be able to get to that point because there may not be enough lithium. Like pointing out all this stuff is important and nobody is. Everybody's just trying to cater to it. Like, oh, we're using all this hydroelectric. No, geothermal. You
1: convince nobody.
0: Uh, that's not true. It's not true. Like, again, Great American Mining, the podcast we've been doing, has been focused on these very topics uh, heavily for many months. And we've had many, many people reach out to us like, hey, I was on the fence about this stuff, but the conversations you're having, the people you're bringing on, the valid points that you're making has sort of convinced me that what you're talking about is, actually makes a lot of sense.
1: But, I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not convincing any of, like, the, the real ESG proponents.
0: Oh, I don't want to. I want, to, I, right. I want them to adopt Bitcoin last. I, I, I care for the people on the sidelines watching. I don't care about those people. They don't care about us. They want to control us. I, we are enemies. I, I do not, like, like the, the people you're trying to reach are the people on the sidelines. And the way you reach them is not catering esg it's pointing out their hypocrisy and the logical inconsistencies that are rampant
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of logical inconsistencies i I can agree on that I, i so so we we you came out of that uh you you came out of that spaces right you had that twitter spaces on tuesday i was recording dispatch so i got the tail end of the of the spaces i didn't listen to the whole thing um I was like editing Dispatch, and I was I was listening in the background. You might have seen my little avatar pop up. I saw
0: you pop up there. Um,
1: yeah. It was like literally the last 15 minutes or something. The spaces left, right, and one of the main people in the spaces, I guess, was Steve Barber, right? Yeah. Uh, of Upstream Data, who, who's doing similar things that Great American Mining is doing, but it, they're they're doing it in Canada. In the um, U.S., they
0: have some U.S. deployments. Oh, they
1: are in the U.S. as well. Okay um and he kind of was like and i i get the vibe from you too as well that these large mining operations in the united states are kind of doomed to just like a regulatory hellhole and you've been saying over and over again off-grid mining off-grid mining off-grid mining right yes but steve took it a step further steve said uh home mining small-scale mining that's not reported uh, kind of, you know, more than just off-grid mining, like unreported off-grid mining, basically on a very small scale in different areas. Um, to me, and I completely understand, you know, your business revolves revolves around nat gas a lot. Um, that that fight is materially important for you. To me, as a bitcoiner, that's not a part of that operation uh i'm curious on what your viewpoint is in terms of developed world western countries you know united states canada europe um large-scale mining operations are we going to see a similar exodus that we're seeing from china in those locales because it kind of seemed like that's what steve was pointing to like like this idea that the only real profitable miners you would see in those kind of jurisdictions are going to be the smaller scale, you know, off the record mining operations.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's just short answers. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I could certainly see that happening. And I think Steve makes very valid points that scale specifically with these mining operations will dictate how much regulatory scrutiny Operations uh, are subjected to. Yeah, we had this debate towards the end of that space. Is me, Steve, and Austin particularly went back and forth on this. Again, it depends what country you're in. I believe that the the resurgence of states asserting their rights and their autonomy uh, uh, versus the the federal government here in the United States creates a jurisdictional arbitrage from state to state that will create a competition that will disincentivize uh, over-regulation at the state level on mining operations, particularly with states that have immense amounts of energy resources that could be tapped into. Um, it's hard to say. I In general,
1: actually... the argument is right, the larger you are, the bigger regulatory bigger target you have. Yeah, and right?
0: so, yes. Uh, Even if
1: you're off-grid, you could be off-grid if you're a major operation and a lot of money is coming through your operation, you're a bigger target.
0: But there's more leverage, right, with off-grid, especially if you're mobile, modular mobile, right? Like if a state regulator is going to come down uh, on you and you have like the modular mobile setup, you can literally call a truck and within a day move it across state lines, plug it in somewhere else. Um, obviously more logistics to that
1: way easier than shipping it from China or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, So that like, again, that's like a, like a a leverage point that miners have uh, in these instances with state regulators where it's like, all right, uh, you're going to get none of my revenue. I'm going to pick up and move uh, and go over to North Dakota where they're not doing this. So I think that potential jurisdictional arbitrage and, competition for industry particularly the mining industry between states will disincentivize the overregulation of the space however
1: well, still the I best. could see
0: exactly what Steve's uh, thinking playing out as well um,
1: you still the federal government as well right
0: yeah well that's another thing I brought up in this space so this is something. I want to meme into existence I've been trying to is like a a lot of these states with a lot of energy resources particularly states like Wyoming, North Dakota Texas, uh, South Dakota, West Virginia, Kentucky Oklahoma um, that are are right leaning and very very stringent on property rights and um, ensuring that free markets prevail and, and having low tax regimes I would like and this is like and Steve had some pushback on this as well but like this is just what I'm thinking like to disincentivize the overregulation and the the sticking of the state hand in the cookie jar I think some of these states with a lot of energy resources should themselves at the state level invest in mining infrastructure to leverage those energy resources to roll revenues into a permanent fund like Alaska does with their oil permanent fund which allows them to pay dividend to uh, people who decide to move to Alaska. Like Alaska literally tries to appease people to move to their state. They say, hey, we have this oil permanent fund. If you come live here, we'll we'll give you a dividend from the fund um, if you if you come live in our state and provide to our economy. Um, I think that model could be played out with Bitcoin as well. So you have like Wyoming, North Dakota, Texas, Kentucky, West Virginia, create these permanent funds. You have the state invest in some mining infrastructure and they're able to roll those revenues into permanent funds that allow them to keep taxes low um, and and incentivize industry to come in, right? You can fund highway construction, public schools, healthcare, whatever it may be, whatever your state is looking to fund with these revenues, instead of having to dip into your constituencies pockets. It's an idea I have. I think it makes sense. Uh, What do you think about that?
1: I like that idea. I mean, it gives a it gives a strong incentive to the states to push back if they if they're. Yeah, well, that's the other thing,
0: like that's when it comes to the Republic specifically that we have here in the United States. I mean, the leverage that the federal government has over the states is funding. Right. And if you have these permanent funds, that that leverage gets decreased significantly where it's like, hey, we don't need your funding to pave this highway. We don't we don't need this. Funding to pay our teachers. We have this permanent fund that allows us to do that. So they can literally give the finger to the, the federal government and say, hey, hey, thanks for the offer, but we don't need you, which would be fucking beautiful. Right. That would get us back to the original vision of the, the United States, the Republic of Sovereign Autonomous States. <laughs>
1: i no i agree i think it's uh i think it's a good idea i'm sorry i laughed at the chat not at you cluck Um, mentality
0: bitcoin tax i'm not saying that we should have a bitcoin miner tax rob hallinton i'm saying that states should invest in their own mining infrastructure and roll it into a permanent fund that allows them to keep taxes low it's the complete opposite
1: that they mine directly right
0: yeah they mine themselves they literally take out They can, like, the states, (laughs) see, these states can speculative attack the federal government. They have access to very low interest rate loans, particularly after COVID, um, from the federal government. They could take a loan out and literally pay, like, two bips, five bips on that loan, (laughs) buy a bunch of ASICs, generators, whatever they may need for a particular operation, and pay it back with the mining proceeds, and then keep those revenues going, and just reinvest with the revenues, as well as rolling it into a permanent fund, like could speculative attack the federal government at the state level
1: I, like, I i like the idea you guys should work on that
0: well we are we are don't worry we are we're we're talking to some states about this <laughs> i can't believe it. you're responding to greg you're responding
1: to greg you, you you have to you have to fight troll with troll yeah I agree. I agree i just want to be clear like i love the strike meme team they're fantastic
0: incredible meme team incredible meme team um going further down the list this seems pretty bad uh eu parliament approves master balance of private communications
1: yeah and they use child porn as the excuse
0: oh i didn't realize that Yeah, today the european parliament again this is so crazy like the eu we're talking about like sovereign states here in the united states the autonomy and this is like why America, for all its faults, for all the authoritarian tendencies of the federal government and the intelligence apparatus and the military-industrial complex that America has, we do have this very strong foundation of the republic and the autonomous states. And when you just look at what's going on in Europe right now, like the countries don't even have autonomy when it comes to separating themselves from the European Parliament. They just have this broad brush – control over a number of countries in the European Union. Um, so the European Parliament approved the e-privacy derogation, derogation, allowing providers of email and messaging services to automatically search all personal messages of each citizen it's for really bad. suspect content and report suspected cases to the police. The European Pirates delegation in the Green EFA group strongly condemns this automated mass surveillance, which effectively means... Oh, so we're reading um, a, a...
1: It's the pirate party's statement. Pirate party. <laughs> the only ones who... put the pirate party in here.
0: I don't want Rick Vulcanage shit in our, in our HR.
1: Look, they're the only ones that are actually speaking out about this shit.
0: Like, Rick Vulcanage is like a pedo, too. Though. It's like... But...
1: They will, They'll. will. The lines will always be blurred, and it's intentional. It's fucked up. Because, yeah. obviously... You know, child porn is bad. Like those people should go to jail with good old fashioned police work. But you shouldn't put honest people in fucking harm's way over it.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Wasn't like Bitcoin ripped into this? Isn't Europe? Didn't European?
1: They're gonna. It's that famous meme. Like, how do you want to? How do you man. want to? Uh, you know, do anti Bitcoin regulation? You either do the ch- do child protect the children, or you do terrorism? Yeah. You know, those are the two things you fucking do. But I thought it always happens.
0: I thought I saw something um, this week from the EU, like particularly about like AMLD five and the travel rule.
1: Well, they're on six already, <laughs> are they? And seven's uh, coming.
0: Whenever, whenever they're on, I at thought, least they
1: have consistency in the numbering scheme.
0: I thought I saw something about it, increased scrutiny on on Bitcoin peer to peer transactions. Uh, could yeah, be. it's
1: going to be. It's only going to get worse. Uh, Reuters had a had a headline or something it wasn't really an article it was that they want to deal with the trend they want to make you know crypto transactions more quote unquote crypto transactions more transparent yeah
0: it's coming freaks we had a rep um here in the us um come out today as well or not today like last week um And i'm sorry i got a great american mining boss emailing or slacking me right now Uh, i gotta say recording rhr um that's done uh the um what was i saying
1: they don't they don't listen what the fuck guys
0: maybe they're busy they're busy 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 we're very busy great american mining
1: busy orange pill in states to speculate attack the u.s government apparently (laughs)
0: Yes, um,
1: in all caps.
0: God, what was it? What were we talking about? Vincent or
1: I don't know. You were like disparaging the Pirate Party.
0: Uh, I don't like the Pirate Party. It's like the like the there's like libertarian sex that that will go too far. They don't they don't have any morals. Look,
1: politicians fucking suck. Yeah, you know. Agreed. It is, it is you know. They have a lot of good stances, including. You know, maybe we shouldn't just mass surveil fail all of our citizens.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: like, where are the other parties that are talking about that? It was like 25 people said no to this.
0: Agreed. Agreed. All right. All right. We'll take the party pirate party for this particular story. But with that being said, let's get the shout outs before we forget about them. Um, there was one actually that uh, sort of piggybacks very well on the conversation we just had. Um We read that last week, particularly about Steve Barber. Somebody sent in a. I'm way down the line here. Excuse me. Excuse me. Here it is. Thank you, Marty Bent, Matt Odell, Elizabeth Stark, Yassine Elmandra, Ben Prentice, Stuart Haber, and Scott Sternetta for sharing your knowledge and experience to Baruch MBA students. I'm always grateful. Charles Wong. Charles, we love you, and we're grateful that you invite us back to speak to your class every month or excuse me, every semester. Uh, it is something that brings me much joy. I, I hope, uh, Matt and I do a good job of, was this a shout out? Yeah, it was a shout out from Charles.
1: Oh, we love you.
0: We do. It's again, shout out to the MBA students at Baruch college who may be listening right now. Um, I hope if you were in any of the classes, uh, at which Matt and I have come to talk about Bitcoin and you got some knowledge and uh, a good perspective. Hopefully. You
1: can bring us back this year and Marty can give dating advice.
0: I will not be doing that. It's a little creepy with 30 year <laughs> old college students uh, dating advice. Ooh, we get gotta... it
1: what do you think the average age is of the podcast, Marty?
0: Oh, I can actually look this up right now. Let's go uh, no, you can't. Yeah, you can I mean we got we had that stat from Anchor. Uh, what is it? Let me pull it up real quick.
1: The freaks practice good OPSEC. You don't have the real stat.
0: Well, I think it's like, I think our, I don't know.
1: The average age is 18 to 25 year old male.
0: No, it's 25 to 35, I believe.
1: Don't, Marty, the number one advertiser demographic is 18 to 25 year old male. Well, we don't really care about ads that much. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, we want the higher demographic with money. This is the Bitcoin world. You want all the people who can actually spend money to buy things yeah 28 to 34 is our target demo here.
1: They've grown with us
0: 40% of you freaks are.
1: They used to be 18 to 25.
0: They used to be. 18 to 22 is 5% of the audience. Wow. 23 to 27 20 The
1: zoomers have left us.
0: We're we trend older, dude. Uh 28 to 34 40 35 to 44 25%. We have 60 plus, 2% of us. We our have women.
1: Towers Comics who thinks that the average age is 87 of the freaks. <laughs>
0: That would be awesome.
1: I'm going to co-sign that
0: one. Our boomers our boomers are coming in. Our boomers are coming in. Um, next one, it's a big one. Marty, you got COVID and tried to minimize it when Matt called you out two weeks ago. Previously, you said that you weren't getting vaccinated and that you were young and healthy, so we're confident in being able to fight off COVID infection, yet you used an off-label drug to reduce your symptoms. Where's the personal responsibility, my man? Some questions for you. One, if you are still suspicious of an mRNA vaccine, why not just get J&J, which is a traditional vaccine? Or are you now full anti-vax? I was in Miami. Lots of people went, but you were the first person I heard who got COVID and brought it home to your family. You also were part of the unvaccinated minority. What are your thoughts now on protecting your family from this disease? You have a platform and you owe it to the freaks to be up front. You have weighed in on COVID and now you've had it in time to formulate a new opinion. Let's hear it. Always be ready to kill your heroes, freaks. E dick. Um, all right. So, where to start? Thank you for uh, worrying about my family. I appreciate that. They're all fine. Nobody else got COVID. Uh, what do I think about the mRNA vaccine and the J vaccine? I'm still suspicious, rushed to market, tested, bunch of videos coming out people getting myocarditis, of having seizures, of having adverse uh, uh, reactions to the vaccines. Again, like I said and have been saying throughout this whole time, I'm a young, healthy adult, and looking at the CDC data, uh, I I feel confident that taking the risk of not getting the vaccine and getting COVID, that I would survive. I did survive. I'm alive and well. I've been surfing, working out five days a week, uh, doing very well post-COVID. I did take ivermectin. To, to reduce the symptoms, a drug that's been tested for decades and administered to millions of people around the world. It worked. It was a, it was very magical. It, it helped my symptoms go away within 12 hours. Um, what else happened? Yeah, like, um, I don't know what... Uh, what are your thoughts now on protecting your family from this disease? Yeah, we stocked up on ivermectin and the, the first signs of anybody getting COVID, we're gonna give them that, a drug that's been tested for decades over these rush vaccines. And again, this, this plays into uh something i tweeted out yesterday people put too much trust in the state big pharma and the media three entities that have continuously lied to your face that have uh, gotten us into wars that have killed millions of people under false pretenses that have killed people hundreds of thousands millions of people over the course of decades with opiates and ssris uh the have created irreparable harm to people and i'm sorry The combination of the state the media and the pharma industry pushing 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 literally giving out vaccines at mcdonald's has me skeptical i again felt comfortable taking the chances of being a young healthy adult and contracting covid and surviving that's exactly what happened i did have a little help from ivermectin to get myself over the hump of the symptoms but i'm still here i'm still healthy i'm alive i'm sorry me personally i would rather risk getting COVID than risk taking an experimental vaccine. And hey, if you want to take the vaccine, that's you. Like I have no problem with that. If you want to take the vaccine, take it. If I don't want to take the vaccine, you shouldn't have a problem with that. You should be minding your own business. But thank you EDIC for the 146,000 sats. I really appreciate it. Next shout out. Where are we at here? This is the shout out that I was referencing um let me find it god i keep going back to that one from edick you can't find this is what i was talking about in quotes i think this is a signal that in the future bitcoin mining will be more distributed by necessity less mega miners like the 100-plus megawatt ones we see in Texas and more small mines on small, commercial, and eventually residential spaces. It's much harder for a politician to shut down a mine in someone's garage. Uh, and then he links to a CNBC article titled Bitcoin Mining Difficulty Drops After Hash Rate Collapse in China. Um, private Keys, Personal, land, Home Mining Sovereignty, uh, to end the shout-out. And this gentleman, or lady, whoever sent the shout-out, Anon shout-out, uh, was quoting Steve Barber. Um, who got quoted in that CNBC article. And so this is exactly what you were referencing, Matt.
1: There you go. Home mining. Let's go. Yeah. The freaks should be trying to source ASICs right now. They're quite Seriously. cheap.
0: They're very cheap. We talked about this last week, but yes, if you want to buy get it, and
1: Buy new. Don't buy, used.
0: buy buy. If you buy buy new gen hardware, it's going to be your best bang for the buck in the long run. You'll ROI that much quicker, and it will run much longer. That's uncle marty's advice this is uh
1: the new hardware is also falling in price with the 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 massive amount of old hardware oh yeah
0: yeah yeah and the new hardware and
1: just buy new shit
0: and the the new hardware it may fall less percentage wise in price but i think that provides more um, profit margin even if it is a smaller percentage fall in price
1: if you're a (laughs) small miner and you get one or two bad rigs like your cost savings have just been completely fucking wrecked just because you tried to go the used route. So,
0: yeah, don't go used. Use, and you never know what you're getting with used miners. <laughs> we've, we've seen this in a Great American Mining. Like everybody will market their used miners as uh, pristine, uh, in good order, but you never know. They, they could have been running it in fucking Louisiana in the humidity by the ocean. Could have everything all rusted, all that bullshit. Like just at this particular juncture, this time in the market, Playing the the used market uh, seems a bit riskier than just buying new gen at these prices. The new gen's going to run. S nines are still running, so if you buy an S nineteen now and it is of the same quality of S nines at least, you're going to be still hashing in twenty twenty six, which would be crazy.
1: Wait, what do you think's going to still be hashing in twenty twenty six?
0: Like any, all the new gen hardware now. like why? Yeah, like
1: the S19s and the M31s or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we're kind of plateauing, right? This is what we've been talking about for a long fucking time on this show.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's good, good to see it.
0: Good time to get in, freaks. This is actually a very flattering shout-out for somebody who's a big fan, of the No Agenda podcast, Adam Carey. ITM freaks, in the morning freaks. Last shout-out for me, strictly using podcast 2.0 apps and streaming sats from here on out. Stay it's humble. Funny stack peace piece from the Auburn Citadel PS the plural of Bitcoin is Bitcoin I front ran you Auburn Citadel
1: but you read it ahead of time I did so you like front you had insider trading I did insider information there
0: I inside traded on you freaks I'm sorry
1: who sent that the Auburn Citadel
0: the Auburn Citadel they've sent a few shout outs so thank you for contributing uh, via the podcasting 2.0 apps Sphinx specifically I believe Sphinx um, yeah, I My guess. favorite
1: one's Breeze. Breeze is fucking... Yeah. yeah, we don't I chill... I the tribe enough. is cool, but...
0: We don't chill it enough. Um, if you guys want to contribute directly, I mean, the, the tribe we have in Sphinx, Matt's got a Citadel Dispatch tribe as well. They're very lively, a lot of good conversations day in and day out. And if you want to contribute directly via Sats, um, you can do so via those apps. I will caveat that with, due to the fact that we have to release this via an RSS feed, and if we did too, like, it would fuck up everything. The ads are still included um, in in the podcasting 2.0 apps, but just skip them. Sorry, advertisers. It's just, just on little... the
1: dispatch feed. Yeah, well, obviously. Um, yeah, just press the skip button. Yeah. Let's get to um, I, thanks to the freaks for the shout outs. We love you freaks. Oh, we got more. We have more shout outs? Yeah. No.
0: Good question. Uh, how can wage cucks help Bitcoin? Currently, donating to open source devs, using Bitcoin only services like River, and obviously staking. I don't know how that helps Bitcoin. Um, thanks for all you guys do. Thanks for all you do, guys. Cheers, I don't know what you're staking, but I, like, don't overextend yourself. Don't don't feel like it's, if you're. A self proclaimed wage cuck and you're working paycheck to paycheck. The best thing, the number one thing, you should be focused on yourself. You should be stacking as much as possible. Obviously, does not
1: staking, it was stacking.
0: Well, it says staking, you forgot to see. That's what threw me off. So he stacked Oh
1: well Jackson in the comments is saying it was stacking.
0: Can you read how can you read this shout out, Jackson? Are you behind me?
1: Did who signed the shout out?
0: Nobody says thanks for all you do guys that's how it ends
1: but maybe jackson was the one who sent the shout out
0: misspell misspell it's stacking all right man we'll just we'll just say it's stack with that being said <laughs> i guess we learned my I a lesson i learned when i was a wage cook and working paycheck to paycheck like i regret like i tried to contribute to bitcoin by like using it to buy things like i remember having the the card that the shift card that Coinbase had. And I like wanted to like, really? Yeah. I wanted to prove wow. that Bitcoin. Um,
1: You've come a long way, bro.
0: I have, I've, I have. I wanted to prove that Bitcoin worked to people. And I like thought it was cool. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to spend some Bitcoin and a pair of shoes. And back then when that card existed, it's a lot of sats today. Uh, it would be worth a lot more than they were. Um, so if you are a wage cook, working paycheck to paycheck, or just don't have Uh, a ton of disposable income just stack as much as possible the way you can contribute yes donating to open source devs is uh, admirable but take care of yourself first and then work out from there build your stack build your salary and your wage cuck um, it's like when
1: you're on the plane put the mask on yourself first and then put it on the baby next to you exactly I love that analogy
0: Um, but yeah like doing things like using river Cash app that are Bitcoin only, contribute to that. I guess the the way to contribute from a non monetary aspect, just uh lightly shill Bitcoin. Be
1: better. Be a better Bitcoiner. Improve your fucking setup.
0: Yeah. Use
1: your own node. Learn how to use Coinjoin. Fuck around with Lightning. I mean, I don't I mean Lightning, does it even matter if we don't have a fucking packed mempool?
0: That's a good question.
1: Liquid, I guess. <laughs> you know, play around with it. oh uh, That's another. Use the tools. Learn the things.
0: Yeah, the the blockstream mining token.
1: Onboard people. Don't use blockstream mining tokens. Don't do any kind of security tokens. No cloud mining.
0: Yeah, do you have don't to? Don't fuck cred- around with that shit. Do you have
1: to Be an accredited investor to buy that. Hey, you have to be an accredited investor and fucking cloud mining. Fuck that shit. Don't do that. Just learn how to be a better sovereign bitcoiner and onboard other people and be a good uncle jim be a good uncle jim that's how we win we win slow and steady especially if they don't have any tf anytime soon just slow and steady just keep stacking these boring times are like just gotta keep stacking you know it's counterintuitive if you don't want to listen to the show don't listen to the show just fucking tune it all out you know there there's these periods like take a break but keep stacking. Keep learning. Keep improving. But, you know, don't be on Twitter. Don't listen to the pod if you don't want to. Um, I like to think that Rabbit Hole Recap can be, like, your one thing that you pay attention to, and you can tone out everything else. But I completely understand if you don't, that's fine. But don't stop stacking. You will regret it in the future.
0: Yes, especially during these consolidation periods. I think our BTC page server just crashed. I can't access the uh, the site, but... I think that was last shout out. If not, I'm going to try and get back to make sure it was last shout out. I'm pretty sure it was, but. Uh,
1: if it wasn't, we'll read the shout out next week, Freak.
0: Somebody like creating a bunch of invoices on our on our website right now. I, I would
1: know. love if we're being DDOS right now.
0: That'd be a true Freak thing to do. Respect. Yeah. Just, to, just to prevent us from reading the shout outs. Oh,
1: God. What I would give.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would you give for what? what would you if give if, what
1: if we were just like in a live in a live stream and just like just like someone just,
0: just decimated our over.
1: decimated our live stream <laughs>
0: uh just
1: knocked it offline
0: that that's when you know I'd we respect it. it that's when the cia that would that would be a, a spook. No,
1: if it was a freak i would respect it if it wasn't a freak then you know they're trying to they're trying to control us
0: whoa we could we could lean into that we could lean into that yeah BTC pay server seems to be down Dj if you're listening we'll talk later um, next topic we're in the software updates now samurai wallet version 0.99.96 i has been released Looking at the, the doc notes, is there anything significant here? No, oh, yeah, they have a uh, mixing straight to cold storage, correct?
1: Uh, that's not in the release Mempool. notes. It's not. That's uh, like an undocumented feature.
0: Okay. Uh, Mempool. But
1: that exists now, and Diverter wrote a great write up on it. Yeah. That is also in the show notes.
0: Yes. Mempool version 2.2.0 has been released. If you're running that on your local. Um, hardware you can update that um, as I just mentioned a new feature allows you to coin join directly to cold storage using whirlpool diverter tools slash samurai dash storage um, is the link obviously we'll link to that in the show notes um, so yeah that's actually a sick feature. feaker I can't speak anymore feature um, that I've actually been waiting for uh, what are your thoughts on this Matt
1: sorry Greg was uh beaming me so I was <laughs>
0: Are you, what do you think about the mixing straight to cold storage cheese I think
1: that's a great feature I think it's a it's it could be super useful right now it's command line only um and because it's command line only obviously it's less accessible uh, but it is it is there the features there and this is usually how samurai does things they they release it for the the more hardcores, and you have to use command line, and then ultimately it'll get into the pretty UX of Samurai Wallet itself. But what's really cool about this is you can get the benefits of sitting in a post mix whirlpool transaction because constant uh, remixes are happening. Uh, not for your transaction, but your partners in your whirlpool round—they're constantly remixing. So it increases, you know, it increases your privacy passively while it's sitting in cold storage. Um, And then you have uh, the post mix tools that you can spend directly when it comes time. Now, the negative of diverter setup is when it comes time to actually spend your transaction, I believe you have to bring your keys online, but I might be mistaken there. Um, But uh, yeah, this is a massive, this this is obviously a major use case for stackers, right? Like you want to be able to stack, and just go straight to your multi sig, and just have it not lose. You don't want the anonymity set to degrade, and then when it comes time to spend, you want to be able to then go and spend. Um, right now, this if you want to use the post mix tools, you have to be in a single sig, samurai wallet, cold storage. Um, you can't be in multi sig, but still, these are. You could do the same thing and just not have the post mix tools. Yeah. It's it's a nice it's a nice extra tool in our toolbox.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's something I like it's the less touch points you need with the stuff, you can go straight to cold storage. Like that's ideal to me at least. As somebody who considers themselves like a lazy bitcoiner to some extent. Shout out to all of our lazy bitcoiners out there.
1: It's a good meme, Greg. It's a good meme. You did good. It's that's a very awesome. good watermark. You're it's all about the freaks marty what else do we have you know we're in the The middle of the summer
0: the freaks listening on the podcast podcast apps don't like us talking to the comments so we need to reduce it
1: we've gone for three years every single week we have joined the freaks mostly on thursdays sometimes on fridays occasionally on on wednesdays has there been oh yeah only if we're live on saturdays which means we've traveled to meet freaks um and this is what it's about it's about it's about embracing the freaks this is this is uh i like your meme crack the watermark
0: yeah yeah watermarks weak right? get rid of the watermarks mango going to mango i've had a pineapple grapefruit now we're gonna go mango uh brentag paid a 70 bitcoin ransom to Dark side in May. Uh, so this is another report from Bleeping Computer, which has been putting out a lot of good content in regards to these ransomware attacks. Uh, and so the US chemical distrib- distributor, um, what are they named again? Uh, Brentag uh, basically came public and uh, described the nature of their attack and what they did. And so apparently they paid 70 BTC um, to to the, this was Dark side as well, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's dark side.
0: I mean, you don't have this on the list. I saw you tweeting about it. The first Monero-only ransomware.
1: I think that's why Zuku blocked me. Zuku blocked you? Yeah, we were following each other and he blocked me.
0: Spooko blocked
1: Unprovoked. you? provoked. Spooko? Yeah.
0: No, he really blocked you?
1: Yeah, he blocked me on July 5th, the same day I tweeted out the oh. only Monero-only ransomware.
0: Giacomo or Zuku?
1: No, zuku wilcox of zcash wow so the brentag thing what's interesting about the brentag thing sorry i had like a little bit of connection issue there what
0: very interesting why would he buy the
1: brentag thing uh they also got a bunch of customer files taken they're like a chemical company or some shit i've never heard of them but they had 150 gigs of fucking customer files were taken so that's fucked up. And they paid 70 Bitcoin at a much higher price.
0: And they still. Or
1: they ran somewhere.
0: And they still got their shit jacked.
1: And they still got their shit jacked. Uh, the Monero only one, I think I was incorrect. I think there was Bitcoin. There was like mixed reports about whether or not Bitcoin was accepted. Um, but at least it There seemed like there was a substantial discount for Monero.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. We'll continue to track that.
1: The screenshot only showed Monero. Like the screenshot they showed of Pay Your Ransomware was only, it was Monero only. Yeah. And that wasn't Dark Side, I don't think. That was a new one. Yeah, it was a new one. Was it Revel? It was Revel. It's yeah. this big one that they keep talking about. Did you realize what happened to that one?
0: Well, wasn't there something like 200 Swedish or Swiss stores, the chain got all their shit fucked up and they had to shut down like the stores for. An I think it's the company's
1: called Kaseya or some shit.
0: Yeah, it's like and a sw- Swedish?
1: No, no, no. So maybe there was a Swedish story that got fucked like chain that got fucked, but it was uh it was like a management firms that they like make software to manage your own company, right? And they use the back door of that software to get into their clients. So it wasn't like, they used the vulnerability of a third party that all the other companies were relying on. Mm. And then they ransomed the, the company that provided the software <laughs> to say like, if you want your clients to get their shit back, you have to pay us the big sum, which I think is $70 million of Bitcoin.
0: Could you imagine sending out like a blast email to your clients? Hey, we just got ransomware to attack. They want to give you your information back. Can you, can you help us? Can you send Bitcoin to this address, please? Ransomware growing theme seems like every week more and more and more of all this stuff is coming up coming up coming up we got the uh the ransomware attacks being projected by the world economic forum by klaus schwab who is klaus schwab who are his handlers
1: I'll be back in a sec. My dogs are freaking out about the storm, so I have to let them in. Otherwise, they're going to destroy the store.
0: All right, I got a good Klaus Schwab spiel to go on anyway. Uh, I tweeted that out last night. Who is Klaus Schwab? Who are his handlers? And thank you, freaks, for responding with very good information, a lot of which I've already watched and read. Uh, there's a rhetorical tweet to get more people asking this question. Who is Klaus Schwab? Who is this gentleman? Who are his handlers? Why is he... Leading this this charge for the Great Reset, why do people put so much uh, intellectual weight behind the World Economic Forum? Why do we take any uh, advice? Why is any economic plan being taken seriously from Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? Like, why does this individual have this much influence over econ- global economic policy uh, with the Great Reset? Why? Uh, are Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Angela Merkel, uh, Francis Macron, Justin Trudeau. Why are they all saying build back better? We need a great reset. Why is it emanating from Klaus Schwab? Who is this person? Why does he have any control over influence on economic policy at the global level? Who is he? Again, it's a it's a question. Um, do you I, not know who he is? No, I do know who he, again, I, you missed it. <laughs> I said I posed it as a rhetorical question because I want more people to... It's like
1: the fourth episode that you're asking who he is.
0: Well, again, like more and more and more. Like, who is this? If you look into it, uh, he's got Nazi ties in his family. He's a Rothschild. Uh, He's very close with Henry Kissinger, who is probably one of the most evil people to ever walk the earth and represent America. Um, And yet the World Economic Forum, led by him, is dictating a lot of the, the narrative that is being spieled by politicians all over the world. Why?
1: I, I mean, he doesn't watermark his memes though.
0: Well, he doesn't make any memes. He's got a podcast though. He's got a great reset podcast. Hey, in 2030, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy. It's literally the, the message. They're, they're pushing the eat the bugs. Let's go to unreliable, renewable energy. Um, why does Klaus Schwab have any influence on narrative, on policy, on anything. What has he done? Just dude seemingly just topped out of nowhere and is pushing the great reset, built back better. We need to chip everybody. We need these central bank digital currencies. Why does anybody listen to him? Why are these politicians parroting his his phrases? Look into it. Look into it. Yeah shut down nuclear power plants this is like another thing in switzerland so like we talked about the indian point power plant in new york having their problems with the grid last week and it's this week this swiss government came out and said they're decommissioning for uh, all of their nuclear power plants um and, uh, and i don't think they have a, a solid uh replenishment plan for that power generation like it, this is another thing like it's a week for Uncle Marty where he's like, all right, controlled demolition. These people are just Klaus Schwab and crew are just controlled demolishing the economy to to do to usher in the great reset and all this bullshit. It was it was that week in my mind where um, I'm thinking that way. Go back and forth. Like, is it Occam's razor? Is it incompetence? Or is there a plan? This week I'm like, ah, maybe there's a plan. Just because it's just like too good to be true that they're decommissioning all this reliable nuclear around the world without any sufficient backup plans. Uh, it just seems too, too good to be true that it's uh, that level of incompetence around the world. Any thoughts on that, Matt?
1: Oh, so he's the founder of the World Economic Forum.
0: Yes, I mentioned that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm on his Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> Apparently his mom was a Rothschild. And Kissinger isn't dead yet. I could have sworn he was dead. Um, this is what's going to get us banned from YouTube. Just watch.
1: Told you. Marty just said it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be me. I always knew it was going to be me. Told you. Speaking I always of nu- knew uh, it was
1: going to be you, and you said it was going to be me.
0: <laughs> Speaking of nuclear power, uh, Greenwich uh, is diversifying their mining operations. Obviously, they were in the news this week for... Uh, they were more popular in this news in the news this week for another story, which is a bunch of environmental hysteric idiots were claiming that they were starting to boil the lake up in upstate New York because of their mining operation. Couldn't be further from the truth if you actually look at the.
1: Well, you the, know, it was the most fucked up part about that article, right? No, what was it? They used the plural bitcoins instead ah. of bitcoin.
0: Nah, it's not that fucked up. That's not, the most fucked up part is the misinformation about. Again, we do not negotiate with these terrorists. They do not argue in good faith either, is, as is obvious. They're, terrorists. They're,
1: they're not terrorists, Marty.
0: They are trying to destabilize the grid, which kills people and makes life harder for more people. Like, I am going to call them terrorists, and you just have to accept that fact.
1: I think there's a woman who actually thought that her lake got warmer, probably because it's been hot as fuck in New York. Uh, so, like, lakes get warmer because it's hot as fuck. And then there was an underpaid reporter that wrote the article because they thought they could get clicks out of it. And I don't think any terrorism was involved.
0: Well, they're trying to get this very reliable, productive, profitable, natural gas power facility decommissioned. That is, And if that happens... That increases electricity prices and reduces the reliability of the grid in that area of New York.
1: Um, What's really cool about this Greenwich... Again,
0: they're arguing from bad faith, lying about the mining operation heating up the lake when you can actually look at the publicly available data of the lake temperature, which Nick Carter uh, laid out very eloquently in a thread. Like It's just not true. They lie. They don't care about the truth. They're going to lie and claw to get their way. And in terms of Bitcoin and its energy mix and its energy use, they will just move the goalpost and lie and claw and attempt to shut Bitcoin down because they don't care about the environment. They care that they cannot control Bitcoin. With that being said, Greenwich is diversifying their operations to South Carolina, particularly in a nuclear power plant with excess energy. Um, it's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, so let me That move. was the cool
1: part of the article to me, was that they were a New York-only mining operation, and they obtained another source of, of power in a different state, in a different jurisdiction um, and now they're more resistant to this regulatory bullshit.
0: Exactly. And they're diversifying jurisdictionally uh, from an energy mix perspective. Very smart move by Greenwich. I respect the hell out of Greenwich. I think um, what they did with their facility in New York was a bold move at the time. Nobody was doing what they were doing. They took a chance. They bought this uh, natural gas factor or natural gas power generation center and brought it back to life, created jobs and mine Bitcoin profitably. Um, a beautiful thing. And they serve electricity to the grid, uh, particularly during peak demand periods when it's highly needed in the summer and the winter. Helping secure the energy grid, make sure it's profitable year round and make sure people are getting as cheap electricity as possible. It's a beautiful thing. So the deal in, um, South Carolina against a nuclear power plant in Spartanburg. Uh, it's going to start later this year or early 2022. I don't like this LARPing, um, but it, it comes with the territory. Greenwich also bought carbon credits for their natural gas mining, um, but they say they want to be uh, committed to environmental leadership and cryptocurrency operations. Um, and two-thirds of the electricity at the site is sourced from zero carbon sources, such as nuclear power. So I guess it's not all nuclear, um, and signing a ten-year lease, so we'll get ten years of relatively cheap electricity. Congrats to the Greenwich team.
1: And I thought this other mining story was pretty cool, which is also in New York, um, which is I think they're calling it the the oldest hydropower facility that's still running in the United States.
0: I believe that is uh is what they're running with. Yes. And
1: it's- what was really interesting for this, and so they've started mining Bitcoin. Obviously, it's a primarily a bitcoin show i mean we have a little dating aspects and stuff. thing in the
0: world the oldest renewable energy facility in the world
1: yeah I, I you know when i hear claims like that i think they're mostly bullshit so i yeah, i they, brought well, them down to the united states
0: still ancient roman aqueducts running i'm pretty sure
1: um but those aren't power generating but like there's be, probably
0: like like a hydropower up there
1: yeah like uh, anyway um the cool part here was They had like this fucked up agreement with National Grid, which is, you know, one of the monopoly power distributors uh, that exists in New York. Um, It's like National Grid and Con Ed. Um, And National Grid was just fucking them. Just like completely, absolutely fucking them. And they almost went out of business. And they were like, oh, we can mine Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin makes us more money than National Grid will pay us. And it's not like they have... A choice on who they can sell their power to, like they have National Grid and they have Bitcoin, so it brings competition to what would otherwise be a state-sanctioned monopoly, which is pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Like you can, again, like the, similarly with the modular mobile mining units. You're like, all right, you're gonna try and squeeze me out here. I'll move here. All right, you're gonna try and squeeze me out in uh, in force me to sell my electricity for rates that are unfavorable to me. I'm going to mine Bitcoin and get more, more money for that electricity instead. Um, Compete, compete with the Bitcoin network. What was that energy company I'm looking for? Um,
1: What the hydropower company?
0: The New York monopoly electricity company. National grid. National grid. All right. National grid. You're going to try and squeeze me piece of shit company. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these are you have Con Ed. We have uh we have Con Ed and Con P-
1: Ed and National Grid. It's like a joint monopoly. There's like they split it up by
0: Yeah. Um, so shout out and uh Monk- Monkville. Monkville uh, hydro facility.
1: Oh I pronounce it Mechanicville.
0: Mechanicville. Mechanicsville. Yeah, I was just way off there. It's Mechanicsville. Uh ch-ch-ch. This month in Bitcoin privacy has been released. Our, our good friend Janine has released the uh, the June 2021 This Month Thank in Bitcoin you, privacy. There are nine uh, stories or topics in there everything from the Bitcoin design guide to the FATF delaying finalizing guidance on uh, their guidelines um, and many things in between. Um, so go check that out. We're going to link to that in the show notes. Always loved Janine's uh, This Month in Bitcoin privacy. She's uh, very focused. On bringing the signal to freaks when it pertains to Bitcoin privacy, uh, as we are here as well. Um, The more the merrier. Bitcoin and the American Idea by Gladstein. This was an article that uh, dropped on the 4th of July. Uh, He uh, basically is um, explaining why Bitcoin is an extension of the ideals that uh, America was was founded on. He had uh, Isaiah Bitcoin Zay um, contribute to this, as well as another individual who I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, do you remember? I
1: think his name is Fazil. Fazil. Hazel.
0: Yeah, from uh, might be
1: in- pronouncing it incorrectly.
0: Yeah, extremely long detailed article, um, and yeah, Fazil Said Al Mutar yeah. from uh, from Baghdad from from iraq um so again yeah bitcoin is the greatest extension of natural law theory of natural rights since i would argue the bill of rights um and this
1: is part of gladstein's every two weeks his his bi-weekly post it's
0: bi-weekly on
1: bitcoin magazine
0: his bi-weekly his bi-weekly segment that he does there um i'll never see that one ever that that teacher you pulled up that teacher from like, what was that tweet like months ago? It was like,
1: from like June. Yeah. I mean, someone liked it randomly, so I found it.
0: <laughs> no, wrong. but- I'm praying no, for no, it. No,
1: no, no. I mean, first of all, Hank was his name, is his name. And he was correct on the plural of Bitcoin. But I disagree with him on his, he said bi-weekly is only twice a week. And fortnightly is only every two weeks fortnightly is only every two weeks my argument has always been that bi-weekly is both twice a week and every two weeks and it's just a poor word because no one fucking knows what the fuck you mean when you say it okay and that's where you're wrong because you're like an extremist bi-weekly means i mean twice a week weekly I, mean, I mean every two weeks semi but it's it's both
0: we will we will argue this until the day we die, which is when the show will end when one of us dies. That's how long we're gonna go, freaks.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to. Uh... First of all, I did not kill myself, and second of all, if Marty fucking <laughs> same same if Marty myself, fucking yeah. brings in like another co-host in those suspicious circumstances, like he go fuck himself. I would never. We'll blame we'll blame uh, Klaus Schwab.
0: Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab.
1: If he does it, that's we know he's in control.
0: Yes. Um, Diverter. Similarly, uh, second shout out to Diverter. This episode on July 4th, he wrote um, uh, an article on his site, Diverter.hostyourown.tools uh, called All on Freedom. Uh, short below on freedom and digital safe havens. As I reflect on this, America's Independence Day. The reins are still within our grasp. Very uh, motivational Um article uh, that that highlights the again the opportunity that bitcoin provides us to to retain freedom and liberty in the digital age shout out to diverger love that dude anything else you want to add about the article particularly
1: i mean he channeled what i was feeling on july 4th did you see my july 4th uh inspired memes
0: no what were they i was i was
1: i had uh, a paul revere meme I, I had a Boston Massacre meme. Um, I had a Declaration of Independence meme. So I did three three Bitcoin July 4th focused memes on July 4th.
0: I, I got to go back and look at those. My July 4th was awesome. And
1: those were, just, those were just, I was barbecuing and drinking beers and came up with on the fly. There was no uh, scheduled tweets memes uh, in, the, in that mix.
0: You you schedule tweets?
1: No, I don't. I'm just saying that some would, some might say that I did, because how did Matt have three amazing memes all focused on a July Fourth privacy Bitcoin theme? But they were just all off the cuff. I know it's hard to believe.
0: It's hey, it's it's hard work being a meme master. People are gonna throw shade at you. They're gonna they're gonna throw accusations at you that you're scheduling all this stuff. But no, just no that Matt O'Dell has the skill, the wherewithal, and the mental acuity to do it off the dome.
1: The only people scheduling memes are named Greg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not while I take a sip, please. Um, That was it on the list, but I do have one more thing I want to mention, which is related to the Fed and inflation, and I wrote about it in the Ben today. Um, The FOMC meeting minutes came out yesterday from the most recent – FOMC meeting, and it's hilarious. And again, I wrote about this yesterday. I wrote about the FOMC meeting meeting uh, FOMC meeting minutes today. I wrote about an article from CNBC talking about inflation. We'll get to that. The Fed is just fucking with people at this point, right? So, like, literally this time last year, uh, like when the FOMC meetings from this time last year came out. Jerome Powell came out and said, "Hey, we we think inflation's lagging a bit. We want to we want to stoke inflation, so we're gonna we're gonna t- attempt to overshoot our two percent target um, to to try to stoke economic activity. And so the, the, they actively enacted a policy this time last year that was meant to overshoot their historical two percent inflation target. Like they came out and said that, like, hey." We want inflation to to run hotter than our target, um, and we're going to enact policy that attempts to do that. And then this week, the, the minutes that came out this week, inflation, obviously, we've talked about this on the show and in the newsletter and, and other avenues, uh, has been running hot, particularly April, May, June, year-on-year year inflation is significantly elevated from where it should be and the FSMC meeting minutes from this week come down and all the fed governors are actually like oh it's running much hotter than we expected like we never we never thought it would, it would go over this like we need to get it back towards our two percent target where it's like what the fuck like you were actively attempting to overshoot your two percent target and now you're surprised that you were successful in doing so and on top of this, like Jerome Powell came out earlier this year and said he doesn't believe that their policy is contributing to the increasing inequality and the wealth gap in the United States, particularly, and they've come out and said other things. Are you bored, Matt? You're putting your hat over your eyes. Are you okay?
1: What's wrong? I apologize. I didn't mean to derail you.
0: Well, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like
1: I was just fucking with myself in the camera.
0: The Fed. I apologize. The point I'm trying to make is the Fed – knows exactly what it's doing. The fact that they act surprised like is the biggest tell ever. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's a complete political politics speak to, to, to attempt to quell the masses. Like, Hey, sorry about that. We weren't expecting this, but like, it's like the, the, the gaslighting and the double speak is mind blowing. It's like you, you came out this time last year and you said that was your goal was to do this. And now that you act surprised that you were successful in that endeavor, so what the hell is going on? What is going on in the Eclairs building? Like what? The what, best
1: what, tweet you've ever had was maybe like eight months ago or something like that. Damn, like, I haven't
0: like, I have taught my best in eight months. Like
1: te- I mean, there was years before that tweet. You know, it was a good tweet. Let me tell you what the tweet was, Marty. What do you think your best tweet ever? Was? I'll tell you what your best tweet ever was. It was at this point in time, the hyperinflation has. Well, in the textbooks, they'll say the hyperinflation has already begun, or whatever, and that was like what, like nine months ago, or something like that, right? Yes, yes. that we'll was look, your best tweet.
0: We we'll look back in retrospect and pinpoint a. That was the tweet before now.
1: That was the tweet. Oh, yeah. uh, I the the reason why I was fucking with my hat and shit and fucking with myself in this in the screen. You don't have to rationalize. Was I'm going to rationalize it? Um, is because to me. While the inflation talk validates our thesis, which is, I guess, why it's important. Um, as a Bitcoiner, I don't really care. I, we've already opted out of that system, right? As a Bitcoiner, what I care about is how are they going to try and take my Bitcoin when that happens? Okay. To me, that is the shit that keeps me up at night. The inflation shit? I could give two shits. I've already opted out. As long as they let me keep my Bitcoin. Matt. You know, I'm good.
0: What happened to trying to get as many people in the lifeboat as possible? Isn't that what we're trying to do here? Yes. Yes. So it's important to highlight. I just hey. feel
1: like if you're two, hour, two and two a half hours into this rapid hole recap, like we've already got you. Like, I don't know if we're going to, are we going to red- orange pill any new new people on, on inflationary scares at, at this point? I don't know. I agree. That's fine. Well, That's why you can talk
0: about it. But again, like let's let's talk about the hi- hyperinflationary. Like my best tweet ever. Like it's still playing out, and like there's Just signs. Stumble. There's Weimar signs. Like, you're, you, <laughs> as proclaimed by you, I'm not saying that. I, I would argue I have other tweets, but again, maybe a little tinfoily hat. Marty is here, Uncle Marty, crazy Uncle Marty here. But like it, we're at the point. So I think you'll like the first sentence of the Ben today, which I doubt you read because I, I read it. launched it right before. We're at the point of the hyperinflationary event that likely began last year where the corporate media attempts to shield those culpable of unleashing monetary madness by attempting to quell the masses with abject lies. This CNBC article that got dropped today is mind-blowing. Like, so it's titled The Upside to Inflation. So they're trying to say inflation's okay. There's an upside. There's a silver lining. And they said silver lining in the tweet. The title of the article when you go to the website is "The Upside Inflation: colon, Rising Wages." Then as has key points. Although consumers may be paying more for everyday items, it's not all bad news. As inflation takes hold, wages may increase too. And they go into this whole like five paragraph spiel about how wages are increasing, uh, and wages, and then they explain why wages are increasing. Wages are increasing because uh, business operators are literally trying to appease people to get off their couches and stop getting uh, stimulus checks and uh, unemployment checks from the government so they'll come work. People are literally staying home from work and just taking unemployment checks because they're getting paid enough to smoke pot and play video games all day or do whatever they want all day. And they're literally willing to take the pay cut uh, as opposed to going to like a nine to five working hourly job to make just a little bit more money. So wages are only rising, number one, because, Uh, employers are so desperate to get people to work for them that they're willing to offer a higher wage they're literally trying to bribe people are people actually taking that bribe doesn't seem like many are Uh, and then number two they completely bury the lead in the literal last sentence of the article which is however incremental wages wage increases are unlikely to keep pace with the cost of living rising Uh, caution david wilver founder of personal finance site money under 30 like this is like pure propaganda they're hoping to catch like people who just look at a tweet and skim an article and don't even read the whole thing and just mislead people like hey things aren't all that bad wages are rising too that's what they want you to think but literally in the article they say like wages are not going to rise anywhere near the pace that the cost of living on the
1: bottom at. of the article they said that
0: the literal last sentence
1: i'm i said to you before we aired at least they put that in the article but it's it's
0: (laughs) again like so this is low standards this is this is the thing though like the the media does not give a fuck about you again like i said earlier the media doesn't give a fuck about they are lapdogs of the kleptocratic elite and they are most
1: people writing those articles are getting absolutely destroyed by inflation
0: agreed and but their editors don't care the editors
1: are getting absolutely destroyed by inflation too
0: Well, but
1: they're No one working at CNBC Except for like the top tier anchors Are making substantial money Like they're all getting fucked
0: no, but they get the, you know what the journalist and the editor gets to say? I work at CNBC, and these people are so convoluted, so fucked up in the head that they think that that social status of saying I work at CNBC is worth the, the, the decreased pay that they're getting as opposed to starting their own newsletter or something actually productive. But like again, if CNBC is to be a media entity, a journalistic entity that is supposed to inform the public, this is the exact opposite, which is a tell it's a tell they're, they're here to Fed fedsplain and to try to like quell the masses and make everybody believe that everything isn't as bad as it is by, ab- they lied like abject lies in the title and the key points and most of the article. And then they get to the end. They're like, but actually like, it's not going to happen. Like your, your, your cost of living is going to go up way faster than their wages.
1: Well, the stronger thing than the wages, cause let's be honest, like wages get stuck by, especially if you're working on a small business or something, um, like, and with fake CPI numbers, like you're not gonna, like, no, like your boss isn't gonna raise your wages with inflation. The only way, the only way you're gonna get a higher wage, realistically speaking, is if you move jobs and you start actually caring about yourself and fighting for yourself and negotiating better amounts. Like, otherwise, everyone's gonna fucking take advantage of you. That's the real world. Now, the the real fucking blinders of inflation to me is real asset prices, stocks, and real estate, right? right? Stocks and real estate are that's CNBC's bread and butter, right? Like Kramer wakes up in the morning and that guy's getting paid whatever, $10 million, $12 million a year or whatever to, to sit up there and be like, you have to have all your money in the market right now, otherwise you're crazy, which he's a fucking asshole. But like in an inflationary environment, like you need to have all your money in real assets, otherwise you're fucked. Yes. Right? that's I mean, the real blinders
0: yeah but like you the wages thing the real is out. all
1: bullshit that's a click story it's a click story
0: but it's a it's propaganda it's propaganda it's pure propaganda like attempt, again like it said in the article it's attempting to catch the these the low information skimmers and people who aren't actually going to read the article and, and give them a quiet confidence that things aren't as bad as they seem, like your your wages are growing, don't worry, there's a silver lining to this inflation, to your, your cost of living uh, rising, your wages are rising as well, so they make it seem like the denominator and the numerator are rising at the same level, so that it's sort of static, when in reality, they admit, again, at the very last sentence, that it's just not true, your wages are not rising anywhere near the pace that the cost of living is rising, it's fucked up, It's fucked up. Give me Weimar signs like you have the corporate media attempting to uh, basically be the mouthpiece of the kleptocrats at the Fed and the Treasury and throughout the banking system and the financial system uh, to to quell the dumb masses. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Prices are going up. Your wages are going up too. But in reality, they're not. So prepare, freaks. Prepare. Get more people on the lifeboat. We've been here for... Two and a half hours is the longest trip we've done in a while. You look tired. You look like you're ready to put your hat down and go to bed.
1: I already told you. I told you before we started fucking recording. I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm fucking exhausted. It's been fucking three years every fucking week we've done this fucking show, man. I, uh. It's the highlight of my week. Mine too. I, uh, you know, I'm just tired, man. I just, it's, it's meant it's a mental toll uh the life is a mental toll uh and i'm just exhausted um i had a fun uh thought experiment on dispatch this week that i kind of wanted to bring you in on
0: bring me in on it let's go
1: okay number of people that you think are holding self-custody bitcoin in their own keys Ten million. No way. Ten million. Okay. Uh, Ten. Per- the, what was that?
0: Ten percent. Ten percent of what? Of no bitcoiners.
1: You think there's a hundred million bitcoiners?
0: Yeah. Ten million. Okay, Stop laughing at me, Rob.
1: First of all, if you're not self-custing, you're not a bitcoiner. But I'll let that slide. Ten percent of people who think they're holding Bitcoin think <laughs> 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 okay? All right. That well, was bullish you, as fuck. What was your number? Uh, me, Craig, and uh, Keta Miner uh came to consensus at 100k, which I agree is 100k. Low. It's low, it's oh. low. I agree, it's low. I agree. I slept on it and I realized I don't include anyone who uses like blockchain.com or like shitty web wallets or anything,
0: which is a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and then, like, also, there's probably, like, a bunch of shit corners that use Ledger. You're all laughing at me. That blockchain.com, like blockchain.
0: blockchain.info has, like, one-third of the transactions on the network.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, after sleeping on it, I would probably raise my thing to, like, 500k. But we're still way—we're disconnected. But this is good. This is why we have these thought experiments.
0: 10 million. 10 million. Nah, it's way too high. I just threw I mean, that
1: You're super bullish, bro. I'm very bullish. I got I'm how very bullish.
0: People- I, all right, keep going, keep going. Cause how I many got-
1: people are yeah. using their own node? Uh, low, Way less than that.
0: Oh, well, you we have the stats. There's 12,500 on...
1: That's how many nodes there are. How many people are using their own node? Like, sovereign Bitcoiners using their own node.
0: I'll go half that at 6,000.
1: Okay, bullish. We said, I think, 5,000. Okay. Um... How many people do you think are using their own node and using Lightning?
0: 1,200. I got to go pee. I'll be right back. You ramble.
1: We're in the middle of a thing that involves you. Okay, he's gone. Well, freaks, it's been a good episode. Uh, I'm watching the live chat. You have any questions for me? No, Greg. Honestly, your memes suck. I don't know why you're asking me that question. Don't they don't have any questions for me, besides Greg asking if his memes are good. Um, yeah, I mean, so freaks, I want you to use CoinJoin. I think CoinJoin is super important. I think uh Marty's dating advice is horrible. Like, dude got married super young. He didn't he never used any dating apps. So don't put much credence into that if you're using dating apps. Uh, just be smart about it. Um Please do dispatch on moon two of two security model. Yes, I'm going to get Dario on the show. Um, that will happen. Oh, we have the new update on Wasabi. If you freaks out, haven't, go check out their Wasabi Wallet 2.0 blog post. It reads like an April Fool's fucking post. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. They have the, this ridiculous roadmap that's like we're not supporting Wasabi Wallet 1.0 and we're just going to fucking do things. Um... What else do we have here? Take over TFTC and go for another. I'm down, freaks. Marty's the one who stops me from doing that. He won't let me do that. I'll. (laughs)
0: What? I'll make you the host right now. You can run as long as you want, bro. Oh,
1: (laughs) you. Sorry, Marty. I've just been shit talking while you were peeing.
0: Oh, that was was a very gratifying pee. We can keep going for like two more hours.
1: Okay, so what do we have? We have you said six thousand people are running their own node, using their own node, using not running, right? Like, you can't just run a node and not use it. You have to actually use the node. Yes. 6,000. I think we said 5,000, so that's kind of in the same ballpark. And then you said 1,200 are using Lightning with their own node. Hmm. I think you're a little bearish on that number.
0: Yeah, because if you're running, eh, maybe it's like 4,000. You're running your own node. You're using your own node. You're probably...
1: I think there's like a lot of ride or dies... Like yeah. a, a, a overwhelming majority of the people that are using their own node are probably using. I only. mean,
0: Miami, yeah, exactly. When we asked that question in Miami, but we have but a... There was
1: five hundred people there.
0: Yeah, but so we—it's
1: like, a negligible amount, I guess. But not. They all raised
0: almost all of them raised their hands.
1: You no, know, they felt the peer pressure.
0: Uh, that's true, and there's probably a distorted distribution of hardcore freaks compared to the rest. I kind
1: of like like the four thousand ish number. I think we were too bearish. We said twenty five hundred. I think. Yeah. There's Katan lectured me after that show. He lectured you. Um, I mean, politely, <laughs> as a friend. And and Umbral alone has forty four hundred people in their Telegram group. So if only half of them are larping, that's twenty two hundred Umbral users. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's like four thousand, but either way, these are negligible numbers, right? Like they're we're very low. We're still very early, is kind of where I'm coming with this. How many people do you think use their own node and use Coinjoin? I mean, all join market users are using their own node. Open Noms politely lectured me on as well the next day.
0: What's that looking like?
1: He Wait. guessed a thousand join market users. I think he was being way too bullish, but that was his prediction.
0: I was going to say a thousand all in.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's that many people.
0: Uh-huh. We have 3,200 Bitcoin liquidity.
1: Yeah, but it's just like
0: What's the distribution of like. It's like
1: 150 rider dies that are just. <laughs> like we had that one idiot who lost a thousand Bitcoin using Electrum and got phishing scanned.
0: Yeah. 3200 so it's 150 ride or die 3200 it's what two and a half bitcoin per person no way more 20 20 bitcoin per person that seems a little high i would imagine there's more people more distributed I'd say higher than that higher than what 150.
1: oh higher than 150 people using coins on their own node
0: in whirlpool specifically I, I oh mean,
1: yeah yeah i was being hyperbolic yeah well, first of all, I mean, you have the ones that are not using their own node. I think the majority of volume is people that are using their own node, but you do have a large amount of unique users that are probably using, uh, with small amounts, not using their own node. Yeah. But like, if you talk about Bitcoin volume, it's probably. Yeah. The point is, We're it's less than up. it's less than three thousand people, right, are using their own node in CoinJoin. Yes. Which is nothing. It's absolutely fucking nothing. It's it's oh, I, but, I was watching Euro twenty twenty the other day. There were sixty thousand people in that stadium.
0: Yeah, including Pierce Morgan, who uh the day before was <laughs> saying that uh Klaus
1: Schwab was there too. I'm
0: sure he was that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: there were sixty thousand people in that stadium.
0: We gotta pump these numbers, completely agree. However, I think the better question is, from an adversarial mind perspective, what is the floor of the necessary amount? What is the floor of the number of nodes needed to- I'm just
1: grateful we have 10 million people self Have
0: Have the market (laughs) sufficiently distributed, have the network sufficiently distributed.
1: Way higher, (laughs) way higher than what we're currently at.
0: You don't think it's sufficiently distributed right now
1: I'm torn, right because hmm. the u s government hasn't shut down Tron the most powerful oh. government in the world hasn't shut down Tron, hasn't shut down ripple hasn't shut down ethereum, hasn't shut down cardano, you know, and like a thousand other shit coins, so maybe we are sufficiently decentralized, maybe well. Maybe we're just being LARPing mounting men about you know. Uh, well, you About needing it to be more distributed, but the point stands that.
0: Well, I think you're giving too much credit to their shit coins. Like, I don't think the government hasn't shut them down because they're sufficiently distributed. They, that they can't shut it what, down.
1: it. what does "sufficiently distributed" mean?
0: You don't know. It means fact. strong
1: enough to not be stopped.
0: Well, for particular reasons, like. If they try and go unplug all the nodes, like the government hasn't gone to Infura and unplug their servers. They haven't gone to Justin's son and told him to flip a switch. They haven't gone to Charles Hawks- Hawkinson or whatever. Hawkinson. Whatever his fucking name is and said anything to him. I guess you don't know you're sufficiently distributed to your tact, right? And it has a really. That's good...
1: the problem. You never yeah. know if it's enough until it's not. The only proof that it's not enough is that it wasn't enough. Exactly. So, I do think that Bitcoin is highly robust and hard to attack. And it's the most robust it's ever been, and it continues to get more robust every every day.
0: Well, so it's another important point to bring up for the freaks too, going back to 2017, bit 148 and all that, like we saw the number of nodes significantly increase when the network was being attacked by a group of corporate interest, right? Does And so that begs another question. Will full node adoption and cold storage adoption increase significantly under attack?
1: Definitely like, self-custody will. Mm-hmm. The thing is both self-custody and nodes, we're sitting here speculating because there's no way for us to verify that. There's good- no way for us to prove, we can prove an upper bound, right? So, I can spin up a thousand nodes today on AWS, and that adds to the upper bound. We know, you know, what did like what does Luke's number say? Luke's numbers say like a hundred thousand nodes or something like that. Like I would call that like the upper bound,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like we know there's not five hundred thousand nodes because the source that says that there's 100,000 nodes doesn't say there's 500,000 nodes. But I could run 50,000 nodes today if I wanted to. And yeah. I can make them all taproot supporting or not taproot supporting or whatever. I could run 50,000 Bcash nodes, you know, and be like, Bcash has more nodes. Um, there's no way for us to verify that. But I do think, and this has been a common thesis on the, on the show, that as people get burned, they will be more likely to make shit happen. Like I like I think Bitcoin is like water. People need it. They don't realize they need it. And when they get thirsty, they're going to come looking for it, right? And when I say Bitcoin, I mean self-custody. I mean sovereign Bitcoin usage. I don't mean keeping it on Cash App or keeping it on Robinhood or keeping it on PayPal or whatever the bullshit is. So we have Robert Hamilton in the comments asking Marty, how many people do you think are stacking the cold storage every week? If the if the mempool is empty right now,
0: still going, baby. I'll be in. Um, she's yelling at you now. at um, me. She's just a bat. Do you want to It's not come-
1: Greg's fault.
0: Do you want to come talking to the mic and yell at him? No, there's too much voice. It's okay.
1: Writing. I I I can talk for her. No, it's all my fault.
0: No, you're fine. Um, Rob's question. If the mempool, well, why is the mempool empty? I think You that's, have 10 our,
1: million people are self custody. Allegedly. But like,
0: again, why is the mempool empty? That's the question you the first answer. And why could the mempool be empty? We don't know exactly why it's empty. Why could it be blockchain.info upgraded to SegWit? native segment uh batching practices have gotten better another of other factors could be contributing to that i know me personally i'm moving stuff to cold storage every week i imagine you are as well if you're still stacking i imagine you're still stacking um
1: i've done a shit ton of transactions this week
0: same uh, All
1: at one separate byte it's fucking delicious. I get it, Catan. It makes I feel, sense.
0: I feel bad for paying eight eight sets for a bite now.
1: Yeah, I was a big spender, man.
0: <sighs> what is the number?
1: The thing is, if there's 10 million people self-custodying, then are they not sending any Bitcoin to self-custody?
0: Well, I imagine most people do it in a big chunk. We'll stack, 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 stack at the 10 million sets, whatever. People like round even numbers, and then they'll move to cold storage. So, whether
1: has the number, the number of transactions per month last thirty days. Let's see. And I believe he has it at a little bit above two hundred thousand. Can you double check that for me?
0: Yes. Transactions total all time six hundred fifty-four million three hundred thirty-four thousand eight hundred forty-six. Rate thirty days. Two point five transactions a second in the last thirty days. There have been seven million nine hundred sixty-two thousand two hundred forty-four. So almost so eight. So
1: was it two hundred thousand transactions a day? Is that what it was average? I divided that by thirty. That's what it was. Eight,
0: eight, around eight million divided by thirty would be about two, yeah, two hundred fifty thousand a day or something like
1: that. So that's where we stand. Yeah. We don't even have like. Like Roger's not even spamming the chain right now. Like we don't even have someone like pretending there's activity on the chain.
0: No. No, I get it. It's gotta, empty. It is just empty. Son, do you want to uh, say something to the freaks out there? I put my put my mail. <laughs>
1: Am I your son? Oh.
0: All right, my son just peeked in. Uh, that was
1: good. Was that his first time speaking on the pod?
0: Yeah, he tried to give a ticker and he just went back.
1: I thought that was a good ticker.
0: Yeah, yeah, he went for it. Um.
1: Well, anyway, Marty, I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, this is... No, no, I'm liking, this. I'm
0: liking this. My family will be here forever. This conversation is ephemeral.
1: <laughs> I hope you get in trouble for that comment.
0: Uh, I just got to look. Hey, hey, son, we can't play with that. He oh, just took me <laughs> off. Oh, there we go. I got my son playing with the roadcaster now. All right. This is a very good thought experiment. It's hard. I guess the the conclusion of this is we need more we don't know if bitcoin is sufficiently distributed until it is attacked um and the mempools are empty
1: i love you marty i love you freaks I can't hear you God he can hear me <laughs> um maybe if he can hear me he'll realize that we probably should wrap this up yeah there we go now i can hear you there we go marty we love you i love the freaks I'll see you next week. I want everyone to stay humble and stack sats, and you should enjoy your family.
0: Well, Matthew, it's always a pleasure. We almost had a three hour rip today. Great conversation. Great rip freaks. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the shout outs. Thank you for contributing via the podcasting 2.0 apps. If you're liking this, please like subscribe, share. Yeah. We, we need more advocates. We need more nodes. We need more cold storage users. We need, a bunch, I and mean, he's trying to turn off the roadcaster now. All right, we're going to end it on that. Peace and love, freaks. Love all y'all.